Make sure you guys go to HankStrange.com, sign up for the email list. Very, very important thing to do while you're over there at HankStrange.com. Uh, you can you could check out the patches that help support us. We've got two patches in the store right now. We've got the broadcast patch as well. This is the broadcast patch. And then we also have this is what I call my super suit or blaster patch. And I'm gonna be doing I'm gonna be doing more patches. So when these are done, I'm gonna discontinue them and do more of those. Um, of course, so be on the lookout for that. Go to HankStrange.com. Uh, let me do the open. I haven't done the open here in a while, so I'm going to press the open button and get this going. Let's see. Welcome Bam! back to the Hank Strange situation. Right. Make sure you guys Lifestyle subscribe to the channel. Unloaded. Thumbs up. Ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. All right, let's throw these dudes in here. There we go. We got Mike from MW Tactical. We got Rolando Puerto Rican Pistolero. In the house. You guys know how it is. Jazz hands. Let's get the jazz hands popping. Oh, yeah. There we go. Mike's not doing the jazz. We got the jazz hands popping. <laughs> you know, someone actually was telling me there was one episode where someone didn't do jazz hands or jazz pinkies. And they're like, that's guess who that was? Guess who, who that was? Coleon well, Noir. When uh, he was on the show, he was too manly. He can wear tight jeans, but he was too manly to do the jazz hand. So if we ever get him back on, yeah, you know, so All we right. might we might uh, ne uh, we might never get him back on then. But you know, <laughs> another um, gripe. I got another gripe. Oh boy, I, I think you got something against me because you're always joking on me about something. Uh -huh. But now at the same time, mm -hmm. you don't even put the dash in my name, man. What's going oh, on? Oh, the dash. I forgot the dash again. <gasps> Okay, Mike, Mike, Dash, MW, Dash, Tactical, Dash, Dash. There you go. Hey, now I feel awesome again. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, listen, we're going to get this. We're going to get this going here. Um, I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. This is episode 620 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Like I said, we have... Uh, our guest right here, he goes, Mike Dash, MW Dash, Tactical Dash. There he goes. He's in the building. What's up, Mike? Not too much, man. Just happy to be here. And, of course, I love talking guns. But then again, who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Lola, what were you saying just now? I was saying that when you do MW Dash, those podcasts are Oh, so... I yeah, did you hear what Lola said? All I heard was M dash something, and then yeah. So she said that whenever we put the, whenever we actually put that in in the title and everything, it we it gets immediately YouTube for some reason. They don't like it. It's not us. No, no, I'm, I I understand, but it's the same yeah. way because I tried to use it on my Instagram mm -hmm. and it wasn't allowing to do it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's why I use the whole name Munitions yeah. Weapons Tactical versus M dash W Tactical. Yeah. Or, and I think we just do MW like that just to stay out. Like, whatever it is, just that thing. For some reason, I don't know, there might be, like, another group or something. I'm not saying it's you. It could be you. could be you. But probably someone else. Yeah, it could be, but... <laughs> Has created again. some troubles for you. I suggest you rename, your, you rename yourself to Hex Strange Tactical. <laughs> All things... We go. All things, will doing the book of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> All things will be resolved. All things will be resolved. Rolando, what's up, man? 
Welcome back to the Not show. Not too much. Just uh, getting by, trying okay. to see, uh, trying to get through day by day, waiting for uh, events to come up and things like that. So oh, okay. working with my working with my wife on the podcast. And yeah. Yeah. How is the out. podcast going? It's going well. Yeah, we've really enjoyed doing it. Uh, we've had a good time so far, and I think people have enjoyed it so far. So, yeah. What uh, pod? What episode number are you guys up to? We're at number six. Number so six. Already a month and a half. Pick up sticks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what's cool. The, what's the actual podcast? It's a locked and loaded Latinos podcast. So my know. wife and I do it every Sunday at seven o'clock. Yeah, you okay. should have Mike on there. Um, oh yeah, but only call him Hank Strange Tactical. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Somebody said locked and loaded. Yes, locked and loaded Latinos. Latinos. Yeah. And, and it's the and the and Sundays. You said Sundays at at seven o'clock Eastern. Yeah. And listen, down while in you South Florida. Yeah, Sundays at seven, right? Sundays at seven. Yes. You got uh, it. All of you guys out there need to catch it on Sundays. I don't do anything on the weekends, uh, podcast wise. We're doing other stuff during the weekend, so you should catch up to those guys. They're really awesome. Rolando, you know, he's a handsome dude, but his, you know, his his wife, like everyone tortures me. I'm going to say the wife is the better half. Oh, yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. She's she's the better half. She's also she's also hot headed. Right. Versus you. Right. Does she uh, get more no. excited or you will you get you go down you go down rabbit holes more. I go down rabbit holes. Yeah. Joe is definitely uh, more. I guess level-headed in, in oh, okay. that regard. I guess politically. <laughs> yeah, she's she's level-headed. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw her steam coming out of her hair though, uh, her ears on one of the shows that we were doing. Well, see, tell- when she when, when she's the host and she doesn't have to worry about uh, being conciliatory, and she's like, "Oh, I can have control. I've got my opinion, and I can give it out there." She'll mm-hmm. she'll give her opinion. Yeah. Uh, so especially Kamala Harris seems to really like <laughs> get her hair on fire. <laughs> We will get into that. We will get into mm-hmm. that. Uh, Dan hates you. Says Hank's too loud. I just want to hear Lola. Well, <laughs> you know, you're gonna have to find the Lola show for that one. So I don't know. I I don't know what we could do to help you, but you're gonna have to find the Lola show for that particular thing. So listen, big shout out to Walther Arms for sponsoring the show here. Of course, I forgot to say that for all you guys out there, please smash the thumbs ups. Okay, very important. If you're in here, you're watching us, smash the thumbs ups. If you hate us. You can smash the thumbs downs. That's okay. That's fine. If you hate us. Either way, it's all interaction. So go ahead and hit those. Make sure you do uh, check out Puerto Rican Pistolero on all his social media, as well as Dash Mike Dash Woodland Dash MW Dash Tactical or M Dash W Tactical. Um, I figured it out. I just figured it out. Underscore. Huh? I think you got something against me because I'm taller than you. Is that what it is? Um, I'm just asking the question. That's an easy. That's an easy thing to solve. It's called kneecaps. It's easy thing. It's an easy thing to solve. So, um, let's see. By the way, I see uh, Latino locked and loaded out there. Shout out to her. Shout out to her out there. So, what's going on with you guys? What's up? Who's who's got issues here first? That's the first thing we should get into. Other, well, obviously, Mike has some issues. Some okay, unresolved. Well, I, I started off, Dan. Yeah, so, what's, your, what's your problem, man? <laughs> all right, so right now, my biggest problem is is that I have another competition this weekend going, taking down and 
Augusta, Georgia at CSRA Shooters. And it's going to be a fun USPSA level one match. Mm-hmm. Then next weekend, I'll be in Florida doing a, the Nationals down there, having fun at that also. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be in Florida. So I'm just saying in advance. Be no, there? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. like <laughs> <laughs> Central, come here. <laughs> yeah, what part of what part of Florida was that again? You're going to be here. New Smyrna. New Smyrna. That's Sh- what the. Yeah, okay. I don't know how to pronounce it or anything. Wait. Smyrna Beach. Yeah. Yeah, New Smyrna Beach. Okay, that's Daytona, right? Daytona. Close to the Daytona area. That's what I'm thinking. Um, I want to say I looked at the map, but that was yeah probably about three weeks ago. Okay. Um, but I and you're gonna name- be appearing in which strip club up there exactly? I forgot. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned what? the name of that strip club you were gonna be in when you're up there. Right, so let, what let was it? Uh, Chippendales. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you a story about uh, strip clubs. Okay. Only been in three strip clubs my whole life. <laughs> so this strip club in Florida that I'm gonna go to is called USPSA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You only be stripping clips. We're only stripping clips. <laughs> okay. I like how you just lied. Did you hear that, Rolando? He said he's only three. Only three. <laughs> only three. Uh, only three. I, 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 I'll take I'll take the man at his word. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know if anyone believes that. Okay, so you've been as a as a customer or patron in only three. How many have you worked on the stage in? Uh, are we talking the bedroom or the house? Or the <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, Latina locked and loaded says yes. It's by Daytona. Yes, it's by Daytona. There you go. I'm just trying to help out the ladies that might want to come to that club. Uh, like I said, the club is yeah. called USPSA. It's a traveling act, so everything about a different location. Yeah. Dirtfoot Racing says Jiggle Strip Club. <laughs> <laughs> that's Walter, by the way. That's Walter. That's his uh that's his alter ego out there, Dirtfoot Racing. Account? No, well Dirt Dirtfoot Racing is where Walter does all the uh the uh, dirt bike and all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay, the, gotcha. Yeah, so you guys should follow him on there. Nice. Okay, so other than this match, other than this match, what else is what else you uh, what's going on with you? Not too much. Um, we got this match coming on, and then next month, September, I think it's the Georgia um, state match taking place, mm-hmm. and that's going to be somewhere like close to the Atlanta area, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And um. After that, in October, we're bringing back the M-W Tactical Podcast. Okay. And then we're going to ride that out until the, the beginning of the next shooting season and then focus on the next shooting season starting around the February-March time frame. Okay, cool. You guys should exchange info um, and, and be on each other's stuff. Uh, Chris Bullis says he's going to be at the Bats and Balls Club. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is just starting. This is just starting. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> These guys are just getting warmed up, man. They're just getting warmed up. Some people are still coming in right now. We are just started. <laughs> too funny. Too yeah. Funny. <laughs> if you you wanted it, so there's gonna be names. People are gonna be making up names. <laughs> you know, how tall are you? How tall are you again? Six five. Six five. Yeah, that's you know six five and above. <laughs> that's what's going to be happening. Okay, so what about you, uh, Rolando? What's up with you, man? You uh, uh, like I said, like I said, we've been working on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. We're also trying to see if we were going to go up to Atlanta next month for the uh, Solutionary Summit. 
Oh right. Uh, okay. Yeah, we're not uh, we're not 100 percent sure yet. We have to see how it fits in right. uh, to our schedule. That's what that's, that's uh, the thing that Maj is putting on, right? Yeah, Maj is going to be there. KD, Argo J, they they've got a, an awesome list of uh, speakers yeah, out there, yeah. and they're going to have some range time and yeah uh, stuff like that. So yeah, they didn't invite me by the way, but that's fine. Oh, so, I understand. <laughs> I see how I it goes. Huh? Judge Brown. I think they got Judge Brown yeah. also. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they might they might have that. They didn't invite Hank Strange, but that's cool. That's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Lola okay. says they're out of control. Yeah, uh, you know, that's fine. That's fine. People only know me when they want to promote stuff. That's okay, though. No, I heard about it. I don't know. I don't think I'm invited to that at all, which is which is fine. I'm not mad. Talk to Maj, I bet he'll I'm not mad. You. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I know. I saw it. Is uh, is that that's sold out, right? I know they have no, like I a think set. They, they I think like they still set. have. I think the people are still freaking out about COVID. So I think it's more. Uh, so they still have like I think I saw like half the seats or something like that. But I oh, really? I, I haven't checked in a few days. Oh, I'm surprised, so. man. Because yeah, there's going to be a lot of people up there from what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think you know how it is. I think a lot of people are trying to wait to see how things are are getting with so many other yeah. things being canceled. But Maj is not the kind of guy that's going to cancel anything. I don't understand what's going on with people. Like how many people in the world are just staying home and hiding out? I don't really believe that. People's. I, I, I was talking to Lola's brother about this. He's in Maryland, right? It's really close, like Maryland, Virginia. He was like, these people are in the clubs every single, you know. Every single night, you know, there's there's nothing you could do at the clubs to get to escape from COVID unless you're wearing a spacesuit. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, you know what's going to happen at an event like that? That's not going to happen in the clubs. Yeah, I don't get it, but uh, but we'll see. I mean, uh, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to it if we get to go. I think yeah. it'll be pretty awesome. Yeah. What were you? What were we going to say there, Mike? Are you going to be at the at that event? No, actually, uh, September twelfth. That is um, the North Carolina sectional I got to do up in um, Asheville. I think it's Asheville, okay. North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But um, what, I, what my intent is is to contact Maj and tell him I'm willing to pay for a ticket for somebody to go. Also. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, very cool. How's your so how's your ranking coming along in the competitions? It's going along pretty good. Um, the one thing it is is COVID. It messed up everything because it put a hold on all the competitions, mm-hmm. and now everybody's trying to play makeup. So all the matches that was taking place when it was a little bit cooler mm-hmm. are now taking place in the dead of heat. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Much got to get in, fit in. So, do you know? Um, do you know Adam Sasa? Do you ever no. see him on the competition? Okay, because he comes on here. He does stuff with Hollow Sun and all that. And I know he's a competition guy. I was just trying to see like. You know. Oh, we was on the show together that one time. Yeah, you guys were, right? Because I think you were talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, um, when KD had his event, um, the Teach and Learn event mm-hmm. for this year, I was actually going to go up there and try to get a match in that area. Mm-hmm. But they shut down that whole place up there. So it was like nothing was going down. Wait, what, where, when KD was in St. Louis? Correct. Oh, okay. Okay. He's in, he's in, um, he's just outside of Atlanta now. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yep. So, um, okay, cool. Let's see here. What, um, Lola's, Lola's laughing. Lola's, this is why we, this is why we make these jokes, Lola. 
You can't complain and she's then laugh at time. the same. Yeah, she's laughing, but at the same time, she's complaining about us. Doesn't, <laughs> That's yeah. the best of both in a yeah. sense of speaking. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way, though. We got to actually do this. Otherwise, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. All right, so let's see. That There's um, what's the things like I know you haven't been on here in a while, Mike, and then I think I have probably haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. Also, Rolando, what's the things going on in the gun world that's like on top of you guys' minds the most? Look for uh, primers. Huh? <laughs> reload equipment, primers. Oh, so I can reload some bullets. So, are you having are you having ammo issues? Is that like is you know how real is that for you? That's really real. Like right now, I have like um, like a bucket of brass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have enough bullets, right? I have enough powder. I just mm-hmm. don't have enough primers. So. I got to come across some primers um, and I got to pick and choose my matches right now. So all the major matches that are going on for the year that I signed up for, that's pretty much what I'm saving to shoot. You mm-hmm. know? This is every weekend shooting a match. So I got to pick and choose probably like two matches a month and then go to the major match. Okay. So you only reload or do you buy ammo? No, I reload my ammo. Only reload? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, if... Um, far as buying ammo now um of course when everything started like here palmetto state armory at one point in time was only letting you walk out of um the store with one box of nine millimeter a day mm-hmm. you mm. know so what do you wait wait, how, wait wait one box like one box with like 20 rounds in it or i don't know like the 50 rounds oh the 50 but just one of those 50s 50 round boxes. One of those 50. And then the next wow. time you get some is you come back the next day jeez so, <laughs> that that was going on in this whole area. And then, of course, certain places was jacking up the price of ammo also. So one box of ammo, 50 rounds, mm-hmm. like 30 bucks. You know, so wow. it is, it's getting ugly. It's getting yeah. ugly. So, yeah. But I'm yeah. thinking after the election, um, COVID's going to magically disappear. And then uh, magically we're going to get bullets again, you mm-hmm. know, reloading supplies and everything. So, yeah. If you, I don't know about primers. If anyone knows about primers, you can help out Mike. Let him know, Mike. If you need some ammo, I will only triple the prices for you. I won't quadruple oh. it. You know, people like you, you show the love. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will only, I will only triple. <laughs> hey, I, got, I got a black credit card around here. Um, <laughs> cut it out of a magazine, but I'll make sure I give you that number also. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, what? So, so. Um, before I go to, to Rolando here on this, what are you shooting the most in competition? Because you're doing two-gun, right? No, no, no. I'm you're only doing um, USPSA, um, and I shoot the limited division, so I'm just shooting a 40. Okay, so you're only doing 40. Okay, so, all right. So then, man, I thought you could get I thought you could get a lot of 40, but you're saying you're, you're only going to reload for those matches anyway, right? Because you want it to be a specific uh, load. Correct. Oh, okay. All right, because I thought forty was usually easy to get, especially in the South when stuff was going on. Um, that's oh, that's how it used to be. Like I know here in Florida, you can you can always get forty nine millimeters. What runs out, but up north, uh, for some reason, there's more there's more people using forty, so you can't get that, but you can get a ton of nine. Yeah, so. well, it's like I said, it's across the board here, so. Mm-hmm. Five five six two two three, and mm-hmm. then they jack the price up on that, and it's becoming hard to get as well. Yeah, uh, Jay- I think the 
thing that's easy to get is shotgun right now. Shotgun ammo. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, you know, even Walmart has that. <laughs> yeah. They also... They took ammo out of Walmart. They took even they took uh, twelve gauge all that stuff out of Walmart also. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I thought they still had that. Maybe they maybe they completely dropped that. Uh, James, I, I've still seen twenty two and like shotgun ammo and hunting mm-hmm. uh, hunting calibers. Yeah, at least at my local store. I think I, it I depends where it is. Whenever I can. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it might depend where it is because I think in Florida they still do have shotgun and yes, maybe I've seen twenty two and some other weird rounds like thirty thirty and stuff like that. Because if if they drop out of that market in the south, <laughs> oh yeah, they're done. They're absolutely done. Yeah, some some local businesses will actually come back into business. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so, so much of that is being sold. Okay, let me just get get this in real quick because it's on the relo- reloading thing from James Miller. He says there were 5,000 primers at a local gun shop. When I called this afternoon, by the time I got there, 4,000 rounds were sold. Yeah, um, so, like yeah. three weeks ago, Sportsman's Warehouse had um, a shipment of primers that came in. Mm-hmm. And, of course, um, they said... They also what they was allocated for the store in like 15 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, so and then they want to deliver to your house. So you got to go to the store to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Khadija Anderson says should be everything except for high power rifle and pistol ammo at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Appalachian Gunrunner says I'm in Kentucky and at first 40 was all I was seeing for sale. Uh, it was all over. Now I'm seeing a lot of 40 cal guns and ammo selling. So um, there you go. Okay, very interesting. So what about you? In in you're in Florida. You're in South Florida, Rolando. Uh, do, you, do you are you seeing this ammo situation? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. I usually order online anyway, mm-hmm. and Joe and I stockpiled what we could early on, but. We still don't have enough that I would want to that I go to the range, especially nine millimeter. Like I won't shoot out my nine millimeter right now because I just have too many guns to shoot it. You know, I've got uh, half my long guns are PCCs, and obviously most of my handguns, except for my uh, are carry three eighties or nines. Okay. So I've been shooting a lot of twenty two. I've been using like a I've been using that CMMG twenty two long rifle kit in my ARs just so that you know we can still. Get get to take the ARs out there and have some reps in them, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm not shooting any two two three or five five six or nine millimeter okay. right now. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, did did uh, if either one of you could try this? I know that uh, Fort Scott sells bullets as well. I think they sell primers also. I don't reload, but I know I think they sell that kind of stuff. Have you guys looked there? Have you looked there, Mike? Uh, Fort Scott Munitions. Have you checked them out online? No, I haven't. Um, because I, honestly, I was thinking that Fort Scott Munitions only deals with um self defense ammo. No, they do. Well, they do hunting, self defense, and things like that. But I've seen them, for sure. I've seen them with bullets. I'm not. I think they have primers. I'm not sure. And John Parson wants to know what primers exactly you're looking for. Um, and if anyone wants to go check out what Fort Scott has, uh, you can use the code uh, Hank Ten. It's going to get you ten percent off. And uh, when I speak to them, they tell me in a couple of weeks they're getting these things in. So you can even pre-order stuff from them, and then you'll get it in a couple of weeks. So um, check out Fort Scott. I'm not, you know, obviously they uh, they help me out 
uh, on the main channel and um, you know they sponsor me for ammo and stuff like that so I'm just giving you guys that full disclosure but I know I'm in communications with them and I know that they're working hard on this stuff and they do have some ammos uh, some ammo uh, available and then some stuff is on uh, is uh, is like you know on, on or, back order but I think it's a couple of weeks do you know what primers are you let me see if they even sell primers I'm gonna look at their website yeah, so the primers I like to use are CCI the number 500s mm -hmm. of course there's small primers for um, you yeah. know just reading of course but um, federal they have like the small primers also but mm -hmm. um, I think it's the blue box that I prefer with federal but right now beggars can't be choosy so if it fits in my press and in the back of that casing yeah. I'm all for it yeah uh, let's see I don't know if I'm trying to see if they have it I'm trying to see if they have uh, no they might have just projectiles yeah I think they just have the projectiles maybe they don't sell primers and stuff like that so yeah okay all right, so you know, if uh, I I think that uh, this is probably it's going to take a couple of weeks for all the manufacturers out there to catch up, um, and I know I'm hearing different things from people. What do you guys think about this? You think this is going on for a long time now? You think we'll catch up and and this stuff will chill out? What do you think? I think COVID is the um, the culprit behind all this, and of mm -hmm. course. Um, when they was doing the whole stay away from people, it's coming from overseas, it's all on the packages, mm -hmm. that messed everything, you know? Mm -hmm. So, of course, wasn't getting shipments from overseas. Mm -hmm. And then when um, you did get those shipments from overseas, it was probably, what, like two two weeks to at least a month. Mm -hmm. And then the system got to catch up because now we're going to put restrictions on what's coming from what country, and that's going to backlog a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... But I think it would be uh, beneficial for somebody to possibly start a primer company here in the States, and it could be helpful for them. But I don't know any of the restrictions and what all it takes to uh, make a setup. So wait a second. That. There are no primer companies here? From what I understand, there's nobody in, in America that makes primers. Everything is huh. coming from overseas, from what I understand. Right. Okay. See, I don't know mm -hmm. enough about this. So why would that be? Is that just because of our regulations here? Yeah. Um, Environmental certain. impact or something right. like that, or just too difficult? I would, um, think, so. I would think all of the above, probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We got to make it here. The, last night, we were talking about, uh, I think it's in Denmark, they're the that country is so low on ammo that the military when they're training they don't have ammo so they have to shout bang bang what? i'm telling you <laughs> look, look it up wow <laughs> you don't even do like yeah. paintball yeah mike i know you did that when you were in the army wow <laughs> no we we actually did the, the laser tag oh really yeah paint also yeah. oh okay cool did you but but you guys didn't have no, you guys didn't have ammo issues, right? No, we didn't have ammo issues. Um, yeah. At one point in time, we would go to the range, and they was telling us, hey, we got to shoot all this up. Yeah. So, But then when I became a drill sergeant, then it became, okay, we got to conserve rounds, and we can only shoot this much. Mm. So, a matter so wanna, of 15 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. I know that uh, I think there was an issue, too, with uh, copper mines in Chile. Mm -hmm. uh, I just shot an article into the chat. It was from uh, late. It was about a month ago from Copper Bearing Bones. Arms. I remember reading this about uh, mm -hmm. 
Chile's copper mining industry is at a tipping point thanks to coronavirus. So mm. that's why there's so there's actually a shortage in copper as well. Yeah, I guess Gunstone. from overseas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see that in. Um, hmm. So yeah, I this, don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know about the ammo supply chain. I don't reload or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, obviously, I I don't know. I, I tend to believe that this is going to last a while because I think it doesn't really matter what the outcome of the election is. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, how people feel is not going to change. I think the outcome doesn't really matter at this point with how people's attitudes are going to be. I think with COVID, COVID may disappear after the election if Joe Biden wins <laughs> miraculously, <laughs> or at least the media is going to behave as if it disappeared. Right. Even uh, though it'll technically it'll never. Yeah. How is it going to disappear? Yeah. We it, ourselves, it, we won't. ourselves are a virus. If you yeah. listen to the it, Matrix, yeah, they they they're yeah. just going to stop reporting on it, and then most people will stop caring about it, and it'll be out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, I think. But I think uh, the political atmosphere that's going on, I think that this election is pretty loaded. I don't think it matters who wins. That's gonna, that's gonna keep going on. Yeah. So like I said, we're catching it from both ends of the arrow. It's yeah. A double- so, um, it's a perfect yeah. storm, man. You know, it's a, oh, it's really it a perfect is. storm. If you look at all these things, so if around the world, uh, so first of all, yeah, the whole world slowed down and stopped. I think the, I think pretty much the world went back, right? Or are they still in COVID mode? Uh, people are starting to fall back into COVID now. Around the so, world? Yeah, I've been seeing that like South Korea had major protests because they were going to increase their lockdowns again. New Zealand only had like 69 cases and they're going to shut everything down for 69 cases after, you know, they had isolated themselves. And I know that they had, you know, enacted policies in New Zealand, basically that they could warrantlessly come into your house and check if you had COVID or not. Mm -hmm. That's how that's how crazy some other countries are. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know China supposedly is having concerts in Wuhan. That was going viral yesterday. Yeah, on, uh, I, I saw that, but I didn't. I, I didn't. Uh, ch- did anyone check into that to see if that was real? That's real. I, I think it was real because yeah. you're talking about the party they had when they was like on the little lifeboats in the pool or something like that. Yeah, it was a pool party. Yeah. Yeah, like but that was, was a massive pool party from the video I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was bigger than any MTV pool party I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, angles do make things look a little bit bigger. <laughs> yeah. So I think, uh, man, it's, you know, it's funny, right? You don't want to be too pessimistic. You don't want to be too optimistic when we're looking at these things. We're thinking, man, is this really going to go indefinitely? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Where are you guys at? You really think, I know, Orlando, uh, Orlando, sorry. It sounds like you're thinking... Um, this is going to happen for a long time. I th- I think so because I think that they've built it up. They built it up way too much at this point, and and there's too many people that have too many things at stake mm-hmm. at this point. Like he like uh, like Mike was saying, we're taking it from both ends, mm-hmm. and we're dealing with obviously our own media, our own social media. Uh, you know, different groups here that have different agendas, mm-hmm. trying to cause chaos, and then you have foreign actors like China. That are obviously trying to. I think China's trying to get into a position to become the top dog, mm-hmm. uh, and try to overtake us. And they don't play by the rules that we do, so they're mm-hmm. willing to interfere with things that we're not. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that sometimes we take that for granted. And I think there's elements in our own government and our own economy that 
that believe that. I think even the other day, supposedly Taylor Swift said some junk about Trump and a bunch of Chinese social media accounts like started praising her. I was like, why would they do that? I was like, because that that's what they're trying to do. They're just yeah. trying to troll us and cause chaos. And I'm sure she's trolling too, right? Because of um, course, yeah, that, yeah. that's going to bump her up. Yeah. You know, it's just this weird thing that we're in. What do you think, Mike? This, do you think this, you see this going for a long time here? Like I said, um, I honestly believe everything was put into place for political reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an election year, of course. And then of course, when you turn around and you look at everything, listen to how everything is being talked about. Oh, we want to help this. We want to help that. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But, of course, when the election is over, it mm-hmm. goes back to everything else. Mm-hmm. All about money and whatever laws they can put into place to help out the buddies who donated the mm-hmm. campaign. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I, I honestly believe after the election, like I said, COVID is going to magically disappear and somebody's going to come out and say something along the lines of, we overreacted. So um, we did our studies and it's not as bad as we thought it was. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I do believe this is nothing more than a scare tactic to try to attempt to keep people away from voting. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, I think that's what the ultimate goal of mm-hmm. this process is. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, that's weird because usually strategists, when it comes to voting, right? And uh, and by the way, here, we're here in Florida. So Florida is uh, <laughs> is voting today. I went out and voted. Rolando, I think, did you? You went out and voted, right? No, I, I didn't this time because mm-hmm. nobody down here represents anything that we believe in. Oh, right, There's right. No options here. Yeah, yeah. And, and in our congressional district, it runs unopposed uh, Democrat. Yeah, I forgot so, how far uh, south you were. Yeah, so we're we're deep we're deep in in uh, in, in unfriendly territory. Yeah, you're a communistic right? territory. Yeah, so it's it's unfortunate that yeah. we don't have. I mean, when when you've got uh, when you've got Sheriff Scott Israel able to run again after everything that happened in Parkland, that tells you the kind of uh, yeah political landscape that exists yeah. down here. So you're saying that so Democrats there are running unopposed. There's no Republicans opposing these guys down there. Not in, not in our district. So wow. and I've seen and there's another district, ironically enough, in North Miami that has a Republican. I believe Diaz Ballard, he's running unopposed as a mm-hmm. Republican for years, too. Mm-hmm. It's a heavily Cuban district. Yeah. So that's just kind of how it is. But yeah. he's kind of the exception down here as far as. Yeah. Uh, and that's weird how the districts run, because I was looking at it like. The districts themselves, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong here, they seem to be cutting slices out of Florida going up or going down, however you want to look at it. It's like a weird layout from it. So in other words, going from coast to coast. Yeah. So as you get further up the peninsula, you know, Florida is like the schlong of America, if you think about it. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. sure you learned about this in geography class. Mm-hmm. Florida is the schlong of America. And as you go further up the shaft where it gets uh, girthy, you know, you could be you could be on in the Atlantic and in the Gulf and you're in the same district. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's gerrymandering, and both parties do that. Right. And then after, yeah. after decades and decades, it's like nobody even knows why they're shaped like that anymore because it was one party or the other that made it a crazy shape for whatever the political demographics were at that time. Mm-hmm. And 20 years later, it doesn't even make sense to them. And then they reshuffle it and it becomes some other crazy yeah. shape. And that goes back to like, uh, you know, to just both of the parties messing around with everyone. Everyone's promising stuff. 
right? Uh, like Mike was saying, everyone's promising things. No one, it doesn't matter. No one delivers on anything they promised. You know, when Republicans had a supermajority, and I'm, I'm registered as a Republican now. Republicans had a supermajority. They didn't do crap. They didn't do anything. You know, so it's that's pretty much what we're all always dealing with here. But um, I anyway, so I hope folks did go out there and vote. I don't know. What the hell was I talking about before we got sidetracked? Camo issues. Huh? Camo issues. Oh, you. Yeah, I think your audio went off there, Rolando. Let me see. Yeah. Am I back? Okay. Yeah. So I think we were talking about we were talking about this, uh, the, this uh, COVID thing and, and COVID going away. Ultimately, in life, it's never going away. No. So I don't know what people are going to do if everyone if everyone's really this worried about this thing. It's never actually going away. Never. We've always had these things and we always will have them. I think it um, right now with everything that's in place. Mm hmm. What we know now is not going to go away, but I think it set a new criteria in motion for the next possible instance for this to take place. It won't be COVID next time. Mm-hmm. It'll be something else, but it'll be along those same parameters. Yeah. Well, we're setting the precedence that every time something happens now, we're going to shut everything down. Yes, exactly. This- so, now, are y'all having a change shortage in your area? Oh, uh, like, oh, change? I don't really know. I mean, I, I don't really carry uh, cash all like that. But um, I know, like, people around the country, there is a change thing going on. Yeah, yeah. I heard that, too. Yeah. I think Lola was saying something about that. We ever had a change shortage. Yeah, uh, like- change shortages in history usually happen before or during uh, a war basically yeah because mm-hmm. you need you need uh metal for munitions and things like that so right. okay so, so that's re- so once again we're bouncing back to metals <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yep so i hate to be that conspiracy dude but uh yeah what's happening there huh metals getting going short i know the so first of all american government's been stockpiling a lot of ammo which we were talking about yeah. the ammo shortages Mm-hmm. American government's been stockpiling a lot of ammo. I wonder how much buying they've been doing with everything happening. I, I would think that they would have a lot. And I know that we've been getting a little bit more uh, aggressive mm-hmm. with with respect to China. And obviously they've been reciprocating that. Mm-hmm. So I know that we've been kind of behind the scenes. I know that we're preparing just in case like any pragmatist does. Yeah. Uh, and and so if they weren't stockpiling ammunition and munitions, it would be pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though that kind of war, I I don't necessarily think we're going to use small arms in a war with China. Mm-hmm. And I'm not and I'm not actually sure. I think if the war lasts long enough that we're going to start using troops and small arms, then we're really in trouble. <laughs> yeah, because they, they've got way more people than we do. Yeah, I think war and slavery, which those things go hand in hand, in my opinion. Uh, I think war and slavery now are all financial. Yeah. You know, and this is how you affect these things. And I don't know if you guys saw any of this Shadowgate stuff. So, you know, there was that uh, reporter, which I think, yes, it's loose. She was a reporter for um, Alex Jones and uh, what's the name of Alex Jones things again? Infowars. Infowars. Yeah. She was putting out a documentary. Then she got arrested like the day before because, uh, you know, some kind of cell phone thing or whatever. And they arrested her. 
But I looked at that documentary and they were talking about this stuff and we were talking about this yesterday that a lot of if you look at that documentary and a lot of other things that have happened, you could put all the things together to show how not only our government, but outside governments are constantly and we're doing it to other countries. Right. We're constantly trying to control like their people's feelings. They're trying to control our feelings. Everyone's getting manipulated. Everyone's getting pushed in a direction. You know, um, and I just think that's this is how wars are fought nowadays. What's the name of that documentary? It's called uh, Shadowgate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I heard I heard a little bit. I heard pretty much what you summed up there. Yeah. I think that Babyface found it on BitChute. Yeah. So if you're if you're looking for it, because I don't know if it's allowed on YouTube or not. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Um, if anyone out there has a link or something that they could share with Mike. Rolando. I think it is worth looking at if you have the time. It's about an hour and a half. It's interesting. I'm going to say, we said this yesterday, I think it's kind of like, a, I wouldn't put it 100% in the category of being a documentary, but there's a lot of stuff in there that makes sense and connects and shows how everyone's getting pushed in a direction. So think about this for a second. You know, we had, so COVID happened, everything got locked down, people were under all this pressure. You know, there were other incidents that happened here in America uh, with the police. And then everyone started, you know, there were uh, protests, which led to riots and looting. And people started saying, let's defund the police. In a lot of states, they were just standing back and letting everyone tear everything down. And, and a lot of that stuff is still going on. We've still got things happening in Portland. And regardless of what side you're on politically, they're just standing back here. They're just standing back. And most of us are just out there working hard. We have families. We care about our families and their safety and security. And the government's just standing back. I keep saying it feels like we don't have leaders or anything. And you have to ask yourself, why are they letting us slip into this? Why are they letting these things get worse and worse? And the only reason that ever happens is so that at some point they could come and take away more from you and you agree to it because you just want to get back to peace and normalcy, right? Isn't that yeah. what happened to us in 9-11? Well, that's, that's our, uh, the normalcy and everything is our biggest weakness, I think. I think mm -hmm. everyone is so desperate for that. I, I think I heard a quote, uh, it, may have, it may have been Rhonda Mary that said that actually said it mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. Uh, the, the biggest fear that people have is just losing, losing their comforts at this point. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think somebody in the chat night train said, um, uh, that China hasn't fought a major war and that their military would be green. I was like, that's not the concern that I would have with China. I just think that we, we as a society are too weak. Look at the reaction when Trump said he was going to ban TikTok mm -hmm. and how the millennials went absolutely ballistic. Mm -hmm. Do you think that if we, if we had an inkling, like let's say that it was inevitable that we were going to go to war with China, China would immediately start a propaganda campaign against us, probably using look at the, how incestuous the relationship is with the NBA. Mm -hmm. How many I'm almost afraid that they would be able to pay off some of our own celebrities and our own politicians to use propaganda against us. Uh, they're already doing go, that. They're already yeah, we doing wouldn't even that. be able to go to war because they would poll. We could find out some absurd thing like China started COVID-19 and it was a biological weapon. Let's say that something crazy like that was true. Um, or it might not be crazy, but let's say that was true mm -hmm. or they did something yeah, like they manipulated. <laughs> yeah. Like they directly are manipulating the election. We get proof, mm -hmm. uh, something like that, a bombshell. I think that 
a large enough portion of the American people still would not care and we would not have enough public support to to go to war with them, even if they did something that was justifiable. And and the minute that people would say, wait, I'm not going to get new iPhones. I'm not going to get new uh, all these new components. I'm not going to get hollow sun optics anymore because they're Chinese. I'm not going to get a bunch of this other stuff. Then people are going to be like, ah, you know what? Is this worth it? I don't think it is. I'll, I'll be enslaved to the products. Yeah, no and one wants to start paying for stuff. Uh, so go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I was gonna say like you gotta remember the shift in generations also. So like, um, you look at my parents' generation, right? They was all about okay, these are the laws. This is what you gotta do, and this is how you should live, right? Mm-hmm. Now the next generation, somehow or another, it turned more into fashion, and we care about who's doing what in Hollywood. Now you look at us about to pass the baton off, you know what I'm saying? It's like we're getting softer and softer as we're pushing forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the wording of the Constitution doesn't mean anything anymore, mm-hmm. you know, to this generation that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the importance value of everything is dying down. But at the same time, when you turn around and you look at it, when it's time for somebody to actually say something, it's going to be too late. You know, mm-hmm. so 2020 hindsight is perfect, but what are you going to do to preserve what we got right now? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, so there's stuff like what happened to George Floyd, right? Horrible thing. Most people universally agree on that. When I saw his brother, I think it was his brother. When I saw his brother ask the UN to intervene in America, I was like, well, do you actually understand what you're saying? Mm-hmm. You know, when that kind of talk gets normalized in America, like, OK, we, I got mad. I don't know. Like you're talking about what people are normalized, what they're acclimated to and what they think is OK. I think a lot of people were OK with this guy asking the U.N. to step onto American soil and intervene. Yeah. Which that is insanity. When that happens, well, we're, we're in a totally different world. Well, I think I think the the two younger generations now, the millennials and Gen Z or whatever they call them, they're so used to especially the the even younger ones. The Internet has always existed for their entire life. And so has social media. And since we lived in a world of relative peace, it's very easy for us to travel to other countries and now see what other countries are doing. And I think that the Internet has kind of uh, removed those barriers to travel, and I think the younger generation kind of sees, well, why can't we have a one-world government? I should be able to go wherever I want. Why can't we have open borders? And they don't understand. That sounds good in theory, but you're almost saying, well, other countries don't have our laws. You don't have rights in those other countries. So as far as I'm concerned, unless the entire world adopts the U.S. Constitution, I would never want anything like that. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and, and other countries wouldn't want that either. You know, they have their own heritage. They have their own beliefs. So I think people have kind of become naive and they've, you know, they don't understand that uh, just because it might be easy in the West or, or countries like that, there are other countries that don't follow our same moral standards. And we'll never have a one world government because there will be countries that will say no. We would never want that either unless we're the ones that are imposing that will upon us. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, upon everybody else. And mm-hmm. I think the younger generation doesn't understand that um, just because the internet makes everything so easy and makes it seem like, hey, we're all together. And I get the concept. I think it's great. 
and and we are a smaller planet, but I, I think it's a naive viewpoint. Yeah. What do you what do you think about this, Mike? Yeah, like I said, I'm in total agreement, but at the same time, you have to understand that the brainwashing aspect started taking place years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so once this starts catching up, now you're already swayed. Because yeah. even though they, they drop little nuggets here and there and it's not anything that's a constant barrage, it's just yeah. It didn't. It work. didn't start with our kids. It's like you know, you could track it back. Like so, there's our kids, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's us. <laughs> then there's our parents. <laughs> like all of us. Like you said, man, this is a thing that they don't do over five years. They've been right. doing it over maybe the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and and people, everyone's in that position. I think a lot like what Mike was saying. I always tell people that I'm not working as hard as my parents did. And they didn't work as hard as my grandparents, you know, mm-hmm. and my kids are definitely not anywhere close <laughs> to, to where Lola and I, how hard we're working, you know. So a lot of what they're doing and, and, and you know, I'm not saying that my kids are in the category of what we see going on here with a lot of people. Right. But, you know, they're still not doing that. Well, now there's a whole bunch of folks out there who are falling. Well, like, yeah, this this guy's stuff should be my stuff. You know, we could just go destroy whatever we want to, take whatever we want to, and they don't have an idea. I think there's not even a lot of people that have seen like what you've seen, Mike, you know, around the world. They, they don't understand. Like you're saying you want this thing. You don't really understand what this thing is you're saying you want. You don't know what that looks like. Well, I think I think social media accelerated a lot of that, and I think it created a culture of jealousy in the younger generations because – Whereas, um, whereas I, I think us that are a little bit older, we appreciate what it takes to build something. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think I, you should, uh, Hank. You know, you both of you as YouTubers probably see this all the time, where a lot of people that can make a living off of YouTube, people are like, "Well, that's so easy. All you do is make videos all day and shoot guns. That that just sounds like that. That's I'm sure you guys see that all the time. Mm-hmm. And until you realize, well, okay. Yeah, it sounds awesome, and it is awesome <laughs> that you get to do that. Not many people get to do what they what they really love in life, but they don't understand the hours that it takes to film, how many mm-hmm. takes something might take, how sometimes the weather may not work out that day. And then when you edit stuff, oh, man, that takes hours on its own. Mm-hmm. And then in order to produce enough content to actually make a living, you've got to pump it out, and then that mm-hmm. you know increases everything tenfold. Yeah. So I think a lot of people see the outcome and then they just become jealous like oh hank strange gets to shoot like every gun that ever comes out Mm -hmm. like it must be great to be him or you see it even worse in like uh people that show off their cars that show off their houses Mm -hmm. everything like that now we get to see what everybody is doing all the time Mm -hmm. and i think that normal people even though we live as lower and middle class we live better than any other generation in history i mean kings didn't have uh, uh, air conditioning or, you know, uh, internal plumbing or TVs, flat screen TVs a hundred years ago. You know, we live better than Kings, obviously not in the sense of land, which is more important than anything else. But, uh, you know, as far as our standard of living mm-hmm. and they take it for granted because they see all the celebrities in their mansions flying everywhere all the time, getting to do that. And they're like, well, my life isn't as good as theirs. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. And they become jealous because they see it all the time. Yeah, I think I would take that I would take that a little bit deeper. 
I would mm-hmm. think in my time growing up, when I saw Mike Tyson, right, those people that were famous, Mike Tyson, Eddie Murphy, Michael Jackson, uh, you know, Bruce Willis, right, whoever you want to think of, those people were famous. We saw them uh, maybe on TV. We saw them in the movies. You know, um, these were really famous people. And they were actually making a lot of money, even if they were getting cheated, right? Like we all knew yeah. oh, Mike Tyson got cheated, but he had lots of money actually went through his hands, mm-hmm. right? Or someone's hands, right? On his behalf. Um, so now, and those, and those were people that were almost to us like aliens. The kind of life and recognition that they had was almost like an alien thing. So we would see them, but we would just, we would live our lives. And we and and not to say that we were satisfied. There were those of us who wanted to be famous, or we wanted to become a doctor, a lawyer, whatever it was, and, and accomplish things. But when we looked at those guys, we thought this is somewhere like way off there. And if you really want to do this, you're going to have to make massive sacrifices and all that kind of stuff in order to get out there. All of that. Okay. So in today's world, it's like everyone is famous. Yeah. You know, so because everyone's on social media and everyone has like, oh, there's 10,000 people follow me over there and whatever it is, there's two things happening. One, we don't actually really have friends. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, we have these virtual friends. And two, we think we've got the fame. We're simulating that fame because <laughs> we think mm-hmm. we're famous. Like, oh, there's, you know, 100,000 people follow me. I must be real famous. And there's no actual rewards from that. There's not that actual money that you would think comes out of that. I can give you guys like a shocking example. Uh, I've got 100,000 people that follow me on the main Hank Strange YouTube channel. How much revenue do you think I make every year from that? Off the main YouTube channel? Yeah, I have 100,000 followers. And listen... Every is it, every is it demonetized <laughs> every every month. There's something like twenty eight thousand hours of videos that I've made getting watched. I've got like nine hundred and let me see. I think I saw it just now for one of the things that we were getting ready to do here. Um, yeah, there's there's let me see how many videos. Uh, there's nine hundred and thirty nine videos on there. So how much how much do you think um, every year what do you think the revenue from that looks like just guess just guess take a guess 60,000 How much I'm guessing 20,000 20 okay what about you Rolando you going higher uh, or lower than that uh, I I have no idea cuz yeah. I I don't know I I don't know YouTube <laughs> monetization yet It's so about 12 it's about 12,000 Yeah mm-hmm. 12,000 I could do better than that working at McDonald's Oh yeah Right. But there's this weird thing. There's this weird thing that happens that people think you must be famous. In the, and so because of this massive disconnection mm-hmm. where everyone is expecting that, like you're living the life, you're living this simulated life of fame and notoriety and all of that. But then there actually isn't this the reciprocation or the or the or the. Do you remember that um, all of these people, Will Smith didn't want to be on YouTube? A lot of these real these people, uh, Mike Tyson, they didn't want to be on YouTube or social media, and today they're on it. Yeah, right. Right, but the reality of it for most people, ninety nine point nine percent of people, that's not equaling a lot of money. 
So yeah. when you see that and you're, you're like, what's happening here? I'm here, but I'm not getting this thing. It makes you think, yeah, you know what? The only solution here is I'm not going to do anything. And then whatever, I'm, whatever I want, I should just get it from, from another person. Well, and, and what a lot of people don't understand either is how the landscape of making money on, on platforms has changed. Mm-hmm. So if, if you got in early on and you had a unique idea, there was less competition too, you had a chance to do something. It gets harder and harder now because the market is more and more saturated. And people have been doing things for you know 10 or 15 years now. So maybe it's already been done. So mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to kind of like find your niche to become big. Uh, obviously, the good thing is anybody can do it if you just have a goal of – I just want to produce content. I don't really care how big it gets. But well, the, as far I think, as making big money, it's a lot harder now. And they and it, they try to suppress up and coming channels now too. Whereas in, back sure. in the day, everything everything was yeah, it was but, like a free for all. But I think the real the reality is so. Even though there's seven billion people on the planet, you guys could tell me if you think this is wrong. I don't think there's there's seven billion people, but there's not seven billion slots for what we're talking about. No way. There's not 7 million slots. I don't think there's 700,000 slots. Yeah, you got to take that down to at least um, one-fourth. <laughs> one oh, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Like. But now, you know, um, somebody has spoke to me at SHOT Show. Um, mm-hmm. Matt SHOT. Um, what was the last event we went to? It had to that be... NRA. No, we didn't do NRA this year. It was not NRA this year. Uh, no. So it, was, um, it had to be SHOT Show, yeah. Yeah, SHOT Show was the last big thing. So... Somebody was talking to me there, and they was talking about why am I not um, like monetizing my videos? And I was like, um, that's too much of a headache, man. That's too much for me to track and everything. Mm-hmm. I just do it for love. You know, I love doing it. I'm having fun when I'm doing it. I put it out. If you mm-hmm. watch it, you watch it. If you comment, okay, it doesn't matter to me because I'm not looking to get anything in return from it. Mm-hmm. So, but my whole platform is based on that as well. I'm not looking for anything in return. I'm just having fun in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's uh, that's a better uh, that's a better way to look at it. And I'm not saying don't try to do it. I'm just trying to tell everyone there's only so many slots. So if you look at America, what's the the, the number one thing in America everyone wants to be? It's probably president, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to be famous. Yeah, but everyone wants to be president, even the famous people. Lots of famous people have tried to be president. I think we've had only two so far. <laughs> I think we've only had Reagan and Trump, right? Yeah. Is there any as other famous person that became president, celebrity? I don't think so. No. So, you know, there's only there's only so many slots. In Hollywood, there's only so many. When you look at a movie, every movie has a different star. Or there's only, to me, when I look at movies, there's like 20 people that are in all the damn movies. Right. Everything is like that. So at the end of the day, this is what makes it tough. And what that means for you to get that, if that one slot becomes available, by the way, that that extends to YouTube and everything. If you want to look like what we're doing, what we're doing here, how many dudes on on YouTube in the gun world have over a million subscribers? Oh, like a handful, maybe just two handfuls of people. No, no, there's not two handfuls. It's one handful. Yeah. Well, I was going to say like 10, maybe, 10 guys at the most. I can think of maybe five. I think I know Mac is, is newly in that military arms channel, but I can just think of other than Mac, 
I would think like um, Hickok Demo Ranch. Uh, Hickok Demo Ranch. Uh, IV eighty eight eighty eight. IV eighty eight eighty eight. Yeah. Who else are we looking at? Uh, man, how could I forget this? Um, we're, I don't think we're looking at anyone that's over that. And by the way, before we, true, yeah. before we is even Co- is Coleone over a million? No, I don't think so. No. I don't think so. He may be approaching that or maybe close to that. But let's think he's at about one point five. Yeah, he's at 1.5. Oh, okay. So there you go. So yeah. that's five. But guess yeah, what? Five, though five is what I can think of. Yeah. Guess what? Guess what? The top YouTubers are way over. Like, oh yeah, it, it those big bad. YouTubers are way over five million to actually be a big YouTuber, right? So the yeah. and the thing about it that I'm trying to say, like, I think yesterday when we were talking about me hitting a hundred thousand, Babyface said, "Yeah, congratulations, you're one in a hundred and sixty thousand people." <laughs> You know, and just think about that, right? Like there's 160,000. Now that's in the world of 7 billion people. That's a tiny number. That's coronavirus numbers. Like we're looking at how many people died of coronavirus in America. And yeah. and we're killing the economy and destroying everything based off of less than a percentage of the people in America. Mm-hmm. But this is the reality of everything. There's very small slots for all of this for all of this stuff that everyone's going for. Everyone's not going to get there because there is no actual equality. There should be equality in in the eyes of the law. That's where people should be equal and the same. Everything else, you've got to, in order to get something, you got to sacrifice. I always tell people, you have to be willing to give up everything you want, Mm -hmm. everything you have to get everything you want. Yeah. So you have... Go ahead. Also, yeah, Martin Luther King said that also, but... um, we also have to remember that um, all this craziness, um, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, it's human rights, not just American rights. It's an American issue, but mm-hmm. it's all about human rights yeah. across the board. Yeah, you know? that's the thing I'm cool with with the whole world. The whole world having, like these yep. rights that we're talking about here in America. You people could call it whatever they want. It doesn't matter to me. Everyone should be equal in every country in the eyes of the law, right? You know, this is the thing. Everyone should have the right to defend themselves. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone should have the right. If they want to, they should be able to go out there and start businesses and work hard and not have kids or, you know, wind up getting divorced because they're trying to go after this thing. And then now now they built it and they shouldn't have to give you everything because they gave up everything so that they could become a millionaire. They shouldn't have to give you every single penny that they make. They should be able to enjoy that because they made the choice that while you were home with your, which there's nothing wrong with it. You're, you decided one person over here decided to raise a family, which is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And this person decided to go out here and do this thing. You know, we just have to, we have to come to this realization in the world that we are not all the same. We're not all equal. We don't want the same things, but we should be treated treated that way. And we should be treated that way in terms of the, the eyes of the law. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's right. funny, kind of on that same token, it's also kind of that sometimes that I think that makes people feel so bad. So I don't know if you guys watched the other day, Maj had a live and mm-hmm. he kind of went on a rant. Okay. And I understand where he's coming from because I've heard this frustration from a lot of people. And he was talking about how pretty much if certain things don't change by 2021, he doesn't necessarily want to do Black Lives Matter anymore mm. or he doesn't want to make it the focus of everything. He wants to kind of move on and like buy his own land and live off the land and kind of live his own life and do things that way. I understand because, but he's kind of saying it in the fact of he sees different movements. Obviously Maj, he's a confident guy. His movement is a very worthy movement. 
Mm -hmm. I think it's great. But I think he's starting to – it was kind of a strange video to see from him because Maj, Maj seems like the Energizer Bunny. It seems like nothing ever phases him. So this was kind of the first time I've ever seen him kind of almost be like, ah, oh, man, the grind is like becoming a lot. Yeah. Like is, is, the grind, is the grind worth it? And mm -hmm. he was kind of using the example of there are so many stupid causes that exist in the world that people pump millions and billions of dollars into – uh, and they amount to nothing and they're irrelevant and his cause, even though he's done so well, he, he used the example of you see people that have gotten like canceled and they open a GoFundMe page and they get like hundreds of thousands of dollars from like the gun community or the freedom community. But for black lives matter, it's like he has to fight for every $10,000 and that's making an impact. Mm -hmm. Whereas some, something else might just be kind of something stupid. And I was like, I understand that frustration. So it's kind of like what you said. Mm -hmm. it, there's nothing you can do about the free market of ideas, but I can understand how a lot of people, they kind of see people wasting their time on irrelevant things when there are actual good causes in the world that need something to be done. And nobody is willing to put any effort into them, not even a dollar, mm -hmm. not even zero effort. It's not even their money. Yeah. And, and I can understand that that's frustrating. And we see it more on the Internet nowadays. So it kind of amplifies we get to see every negative thing that happens and it makes you think that the world is much worse than it might necessarily be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I didn't see that live. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it actually sounds interesting. I think that Maj, my interpretation of him, he one of the things that makes him cool is that he thinks out loud all the time. I, yeah. do, I do that same thing too. <laughs> so when no, you, when you, you do... <laughs> you do it in a different way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah we don't do it in the same way. Um, and and I'm not saying like you know his way might be uh, better than mine. Who knows, right? But Everybody's I think man. yeah, I think he does think out loud, and I think that's a good thing, right? I think you yeah. run in you run into trouble when you when you think out loud like that. But I think it's a good thing, right? I want to know people who I'm dealing with. I prefer just that uh, you know that uh, that zeitgeist of what they. I don't want them to second guess what's going through their mind because I want to be able to talk about that. But I think it does come back to there only being so many slots. I don't think he's the only person. I saw someone else on social media expressing their frustration, and this is ironic. Um, I think it was um, Edgar from um, Guns For Everyone was saying, um, as a Latino, he feels that all the spots in the, and, and I'm paraphrasing him, okay? So, he, but he feels like as a Latino, in the gun community, all the spots went to the black dudes, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so there's no spots for the Latinos, paraphrasing what mm -hmm. he said. We can always get him to come back on and say his thing. The reality of this is <laughs> there's not a lot of spots. Well, and I, and I There's not a lot of spots for anyone. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I was going to say, like, um, even when you go back and you look at it, um, even with Maj's um, rant the other day. I think what it comes down to is he's frustrated because how many times can you say the message mm -hmm. people are, yeah, 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 but then they don't react until it affects them at that time. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So you got to prepare for what's going to take place. So for instance, me doing all this training and competition shooting, right? Now, if war was to happen here on America, are the people going to pick up arms and defend their property, defend themselves, defend life, right? But the time you don't learn how to shoot is when people are jumping out of planes and airplanes are going overhead, mm -hmm. you know? So 
it's not, it's not an overnight fix, but you need to prepare, you know, for the what's coming, the what if moment. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I think uh, I, I heard a little bit of Edgar's podcast last night. Mm-hmm. We checked it out. So I didn't hear the first what you had mentioned specifically, mm-hmm. but he kind of said that um, he never wanted to approach being I'm paraphrasing again what he said, like, I'm I'm the Mexican guy in the gun community. Mm-hmm. Like, he just wanted to be like, I'm guns for everyone. This is what we do. We train a lot of people, mm-hmm. regardless of who I am and everything like that. And then he mentioned he kind of started experimenting with, let me identify as I'm the Mexican gun trainer. Mm-hmm. And he said he started getting more positive feedback on social media by doing that. And it kind of frustrated him because it's like, it's it's kind of BS that I you don't want to be pigeonholed. Yeah, yeah, I or I mm-hmm. just that's never I, I feel like I don't have to use that. And and I've heard the frustration. I mean, you hear the frustration, too, from women in the gun industry. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be judged on my own merits, not because people think I'm attractive. I mm-hmm. hear that from from a lot of women who in the gun industry, too. But I think sometimes it's like you have to weigh what is your goal? What is your goal? In mm-hmm. Edgar's case, you want to expand the cause of of, you know, uh, gun training, you want more people to own guns, whatever you have to do to expand that goal, sometimes you got to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I used to think like that, look, I'm the Puerto Rican pistolero. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of being Puerto Rican, but I also know that name will be like other people. There aren't necessarily that many Puerto Rican gun owners that are out there in the open. Mm-hmm. So people might see it, might it pigeonhole me? I don't think so. I think that I, 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 I have my own success on my own merits, but if it makes other people say, Oh, here's a Hispanic dude that, uh, that's into guns and they wouldn't have been before. If I hadn't done that, I'll take it. That's Mm -hmm. my goal. I want more people to be in the gun community, regardless of who they are. And if, uh, you saying where I'm from helps that I'll take it. No, it's fine by me. It's all about the cause at the end of the day. Right. Um, I think a lot of things in life can fall into perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's how you look at it and how other people look at it. And I think when you do anything, so regardless of, of what it is that we're doing, Mike's competition shooter, you know, I'm, I'm a YouTuber. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing you guys uh, pin yourselves as activists. Whatever yeah. it is we're doing here in this community, we're seeing it, it from our aspect. And that's one thing. Like, what is it we want? What are we trying to get out of this? And then there's. Uh, how other people are seeing it and what's happening out there. I think uh, there's there's one of the things that happens is when you create stuff, ultimately, and I say this over and over again, if you're doing this, people out there are making a choice. You're creating something. If you're if you're making a car, you're designing this car on what you think people want out of a car and what colors and features and stuff like that, and then you're putting it into the market. And there's certain things you could do marketing-wise and tricks and all games and stuff like that that you could play. But ultimately, folks out there go, yeah, I'm going to buy this car. And, and the people out there choose this over that. So for me, as like a YouTuber, I can make the videos all I want to. When I put it out there, people choose to look at it or don't choose to look at it. And when it comes to now like the industry, I think it's the same kind of thing. Often what happens is that when the industry is looking at things, so let's say in the, in, the, in the aspect of race, if there's folks out there in the industry and they're like, look, we, there's a lot of women coming into the, you know, to buy, into the market and buying stuff. There's a lot of black people, a lot of Latinos. And they're like, okay, we want to get all the Latinos to buy our stuff. They're the ones who choose. There might be five Latinos out there. There might be 10. 
ultimately the companies are going to choose and they mostly choose based on who the people are choosing. They're going to go with popularity. You know, not all of those, most of those companies won't sit there and say, let's take time. Let's look at this guy. Let's figure out what he has to say, how he says it. Does that fit with us? Can we have a long relationship with him? You know, this might take years for, for this all to grow into something. Okay, we like this guy. He's not the biggest. Let's go with That's not what's going to happen. They're going to look at someone and go, no, we want that guy because everyone likes that guy. And so that's the thing that would ha- that's going to happen to you if you're a Latino, if you're a black guy. I think that's kind of like what's happening to Maj, right? That he's frustrated because the industry is not necessarily getting behind. They do think he's cool. I think he's one of the coolest people doing this. But at the end of the day, you know, they're making these choices because they're not real about this. You know, being real about it, it's, it's, it's years. They have to sit there and, and look at it and go... It might take us 20 years before we get there with this guy. Can we actually do this? That's what Glock did with Gunny. How many years was Gunny representing Glock? When I think about Glock, I still think Gunny, right? But they were in that, and that was a commitment they made, and it went for a long time. But it's, it's really tough, I think, for a lot of companies to do that, and I could see how that's going to get frustrating. Because, you know, everyone is just trying to win. If you're if you're at that company, you might be an executive at that company for a year. And if you don't perform, you're out. Yep. And this is ultimately what they all think about. And now this situation that we're going through now compounds everything in this way. These mofos don't have to do anything to sell their guns or their ammo <laughs> or whatever it is they're making. Yep. They don't have to know you. <laughs> you yep. know, this is what's ha- this is what's happening right now. So because they don't have to they don't have to deal with you, you're going to realize not all companies, I think a lot of companies are, you know, the people who understand the long term like what I'm saying to you, they're going to be out there supporting us and not judging you because you're not b- this big or whatever it is. But, but a lot of companies out there, man, are just going to go, I just want to stack that money. I don't have to do any kind of marketing. I don't have to try to please anyone. Everyone's coming into the store and buying everything so I could give two craps about any of this kind of stuff. And that gets frustrating. And if you are that, if you're that person, if you're Marge or if you're Edgar or anyone else out there and you're looking at it, you think to yourself, what kind of future do I have in this? Mm-hmm. Where is this going to go? Am I going to burn five years, 10 years, 20 years out of my life doing this? And at the end, um, what's going to be there? The reason why I know that is I have those conversations with my wife very frequently. Oh, yeah. You know, she's like, dude, you could rock and roll any in anything that you want to do. This gun thing is really tough. There's there's like, you know, it, it's a dog-eat-dog world. There's no respect. There's, there's a lot, it's a lot of crap going on. And I would really tell people, I'm not trying to excuse anyone, this does in some cases have a little bit to do with race and all that kind of stuff or gender or whatever. Mostly, about 95% of this is just money. Yep. yep. That's what it all comes <laughs> down to. It yeah. always comes down. Yeah, exactly. And so you really have to be in this, like Mike was saying, Mike, that's why you're doing this, right? It would be awesome if you just blew up and you were like, you know, the Tiger Woods of the gun world. 
But really and truly, you're doing it because you enjoy it. It belongs to you. So mm-hmm. that's why you're doing it, you know, and, and everyone has to decide where are they on that scale. Because as you start to scale that up, you know, and even if you do become that guy who everyone wants, that might be temporary. Next thing you know, here's the other guy, yep. you know, mm-hmm. um, and it really comes down to how committed you are. A perfect example of this to me right now in our, in our gun world is Coleon Noir. Before the NRA came along, he was incredibly popular. When I started doing this, my brother said there's only there's two people my brother showed me when he was trying to convince me to do this. Coleo Noir, Argo J. That's it. He was like, there's only these two dudes. Right? And and Coleon was very, very, very popular, but not NRA popular. Right? So then he started dealing with the NRA and that kind of like blew him up. You know, and but it, it was it was a once again, I think it was a good choice on their part. They chose the right person. He was very passionate about what he was doing. He, he just hit so many demographics. Right. And, and it worked really well. And then it just all fell apart. <laughs> but hmm. what's he doing? He's still doing it. He's still doing it. Yep. He's still doing it without their support. He's still doing it. And we're talking about a guy who's a lawyer who could easily go out there and make millions of dollars and we never see him ever again, right? But he's still out there doing it because at the end of the day, in his heart, that passion is still there. And that's the, the reason why I know that, that's the conversation I have with my wife. She's like, why you do, I've got friends, I've got people who keep offering me business deals. They're like, why don't you come and go, why are you doing this? You know, why don't we go into business together and do this thing? And I'm like, dude, because this fire is still in my heart. I'm the one who has to judge when it goes out. And I'm like, OK, that's it. I can't you know, I'm going to go off and do something else. I have to make that choice. And I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. And, you know, I can understand that from from Marja's perspective. You know, he's he's really a person who is a hustler in like the greatest of ways. He really could be anything. And how mm-hmm. much energy should he burn here when we're not really helping him? Yeah. I think he said he wanted to go into acting. <laughs> Actually. So yeah. That's a passion of his that he'd like to go uh, uh, towards. He's like, yeah. that's what I would be doing if I wasn't doing this. So. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's something that we all have to face, right? We all have to face this thing. We all have to think about it. And it's it's like I'm not trying to blame anyone out there. Like every human being has to go through this because ultimately at the end of the day, there's a finite amount of slot. Okay? So we can we could print all the money we want to print, but we really cannot print those slots, those positions that exist in life. There's only sometimes it's like sometimes it's timing too. Yeah. Sometimes you hit the market at the right time. Sometimes you're ahead of your time. Sometimes you're behind the curve. Yeah, we're seeing it. How it is. We're seeing it now with YouTube. It's the reason why every single celebrity and their mother is now on YouTube. Hmm. Why? Why? What happened recently? They can't go out and film. Yeah. So COVID (laughs) nineteen. They they it's something that they all created and all ginned up. But because it because they can't uh, go do a comedy, they can't do a comedy show. Their movies aren't coming out in the theaters anymore. They're not making the movies. They're not doing TV shows. 
They're not doing all this stuff. Everyone, every single one is on YouTube. Now it's changing the whole dynamic because ultimately there's only so many spots. And what they were noticing is that all these people who are not in movies, they're making money and I'm staying home. Yep. And there's no money coming in. I can't pay the tax on my multi-million dollar mansion. You know what? I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start making some YouTube videos. <laughs> yep. Right? And they're not. And they're not all actually being successful with it. No, I think they're they're seeing that's a lot harder than they thought. And mm -hmm. you're seeing. I think a lot of actors and actresses are actually exposing themselves now because mm -hmm. the younger generation now is used to YouTube celebrities and content creators. Mm -hmm. And so now these celebrities come here and it's like, well, your content's garbage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you don't have millions of dollars behind you, you can't produce anything. Yeah. It's basically a lot of them are like exposing themselves to that. Right. <clears throat> yeah. This is the thing that's happening, you know, and it's this weird thing that like we are actually living in very interesting times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really because I think to myself, wow, man, you know, uh, maybe I thought I was going to go into being an old man wind up in a nursing home quietly but we're just living in interesting times when we really just don't know which direction the world is going into and who's going to come out of this at the end except for me i know it's going to be the people who are willing to fight yep that's what i feel about it like who's willing to fight the question is how are they fighting because i don't think it's just guys like us that are willing to fight no you know i think there's these other people want to fight but they're fighting in a different way. They're using different tactics, and their tactics might be better. Mm -hmm. Well, once you got the money behind those tactics, that's why it's better. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, because you can move, you can move more people in a direction. Right. You know, you can own the minds of more people nowadays with, uh, you know, with social media and stuff like that. Are we getting too philosophical? I don't know. <laughs> down that rabbit hole in a good way yeah yeah i don't know if we're getting too philosophical and lola left i think she went she went to the store or something like that so you know <laughs> things can get really bad really 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 fast here let's see there was some other stuff i did want to um talk to you guys about here um out of the stories that i was sending you guys what did you find uh the most interesting i, I sent you guys a couple of things before before the we got in the conversation about Baltimore. Baltimore. Okay, yeah, was, let's yeah. let's go let's go to that one. And the folks out there, you guys could tell us. Have you heard of uh, Kimberly Classic? Lola's gonna get mad because she already told me say this thing properly. Is he the classic or classic or classic? Classic. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Here, I'm gonna throw her up. So she's this young black woman that has. Um, she's she's running for Congress in. Um, in uh, I believe it's in Baltimore, and she put out this uh, this kind of like uh, campaign commercial that's gone viral. I'm not going to play the audio out of it. I'm just going to play a little bit of it here. You've probably seen her walking uh, through the streets here, and she says uh, it would like don't matter to Democrats, and she's talking about the crumbling infrastructure and all these things in a place um, like Baltimore that's been run by Democrats for 35 years. So um, did you guys hear of this before we came on the show here? Oh. I'd heard of her. I hadn't heard of this video. Mm -hmm. But I, I'd heard of her on social media, just people in passing, yeah. but I didn't know what her deal she's, was. She's the next Kim K. I'm going to call her Kim K just to make it easy. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's already one. 
Never heard of her. Um, didn't know anything about the video. But yeah. whatever she's talking about in that video, mm-hmm. it's the same thing that comes around every election. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So in, in terms of what, Mike, if you can elaborate on that. All right. So we, we always hit the areas that are most um, financially stricken. Mm-hmm. But now, hey, we need to go in. We need to do this. And then, of course, people go down there, take the photo op. They talk to the people and make it look like they're going to do something and get the vote. It's over with until the next election. And then it just keeps repeating itself. Yeah, absolutely. Would you agree with that, Rolando? Oh, yeah, definitely. Ever since they got away from the founding principle that you were supposed to go to Washington only part time and then basically mm-hmm. be a citizen politician the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, it's always been that way. Now it's just different technology. Now they make it fancier. Yeah. Now, if you don't know about her, I did look her up here. Let me see. Where's the? Uh, I did look her up, and uh, so if you just Google Kimberly Clasic, it's K L A C I K, and I'm gonna throw what I've got up here on the screen. If you look at her up, <laughs> you'll find her. There's a lot of stuff on the internet. Um, here's uh, the local WJZ in Baltimore talking about her running against. Uh, the incumbent guy in Baltimore, and they say that she has no, you know, no chance of winning. But I would like to see, like, maybe we should all follow her and maybe help her out, maybe help this video go get more viral or whatever and have the folks pay attention um, in Baltimore. Uh, I know she's young and, you know, so people feel like, hey, she's young, she's She's on the Republican ticket. She doesn't have a chance. But I think she's making she's making a point. These guys had 35 years uh, to to do something good here. And now everything that's wrong, they're going to blame it on someone else. So whether you like Trump or not, right now they're blaming everything on Trump. Whether you like him or not, it makes no sense to me that Baltimore is like this and that it's anyone else's fault other than the people who have been running it for 35 years. If you've got a problem with the cops, if there's a problem with violence and the cops and, and all this kind of stuff and poverty, what the hell have you been doing for 35 years? She's She's got it right, but again, it comes down to what Mike said, where uh, if, if you guys saw a few weeks ago, I think Trump had a lot of, um, he had like a, a black leader summit at the White House, and mm-hmm. I know Sonny Johnson was one of the people that was there, mm-hmm. and she said, Look, it's not that people in the inner city don't necessarily believe in conservative values. It's that nobody actually comes here to espouse them. It's like what Mike was saying. It's every four years, maybe you'll show up as a Republican, maybe. Uh, now, she she seems like she's from Baltimore, so maybe she would actually be there. I would hope so. She seems pretty awesome mm-hmm. from her platform. But you know how it is. Sometimes they get corrupted when they go to Washington, too. So hopefully she's not one of those candidates. Maybe she'll become more of an activist if she doesn't win. But uh, you need to make that commitment there and you have to be there. You have to be a person of the people. Right. And and if you're the party that it's one thing to say, well, yeah, the Democrats messed it up for years. Well, it's like down here we have somebody running unopposed Mm -hmm. against the Democrats. Well, okay, what what are you supposed to do then? Mm -hmm. There's nobody else running. Now, a lot of people might say, well, maybe you should run yourself, blah, blah, blah. That's a different story for mm-hmm. a different time. But the mm-hmm. fact is, sometimes you don't have an option and the other party doesn't seem interested in the fight. And so I can't I can't motivate a party to win more than the party itself. Mm-hmm. If the party doesn't want to win, 
what what good is me telling them, hey, I'll support you if they don't want to win or do what it takes to win? It doesn't matter what amount of effort I'm going to put into it. Yeah. Winning is also not enough. So let's say no. so let's say we can pin all the problems on Democrats, which we can. If you look at her video, she's talking about this. She says the worst cities to live in in America are all historically uh, run Democratic cities. And that's pretty much true. There's, that, that's those are facts. <laughs> Those are facts. But let's say we get Republicans in there just because we put Republicans in there does not fix that. OK, um, if you if you look at uh, uh, what's his name, Schwarzenegger was the governor of California and he was a Republican technically. You know, I mean, and what does it even mean to be a Republican? What does it mean to be a conservative? Right. What do all these things really matter? At the end of the day, we're the ones who could fix things if we really want to fix it. If you're if you're getting into that office as a stepping stone and you want to go from one thing to another or you just want the power, then it doesn't mean anything. If you're really going to try to work and fix it, then it means something. Does can that one person can her, for example, in Baltimore, if she becomes a, a Cong I think it's Congress. Right. Let's say she becomes the congresswoman from that from that uh, part of Baltimore. Does that fix everything? I don't know. Well, you, yeah. you can't you, you can't expect decades of one thing to be turned in one term either. So mm -hmm. maybe she would be the first step. Let's say that she won. Maybe she would be the first step, but she would have to start being a catalyst for further change there. So it would have to be, well, then maybe the Baltimore City Council starts changing. Mm -hmm. And then the, the mayor of Baltimore starts changing, too. Mm -hmm. And then that will start changing the community directly, yeah. locally. She is a congresswoman she's going to be dealing with national issues too. So how much can the federal government really do if the local government is what's messing everything mm -hmm. up? Yeah. You know, and it's not, it's us like a yeah. person can't do that. Who's president cannot make America better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I voted for Trump. <laughs> yeah. But who is president cannot make America better. It's, it's, it's who's president who's in Congress, who's in the Senate. Right. Who's running? Who's running the state? Who are the local state representatives? Who are the sheriffs of that state? Ultimately, it's us. It's on the people. Do you actually want your state to be better? Do you actually want the country to be better? Are you willing to do those things? If you're living in a neighborhood where you think the police department uh, doesn't like people like let's say you're, you're black like like I am, you're Latino. Right. And you think, hey, these guys are trying to take us out. What are you doing about it? You live there. It's you. It's your children. What exactly are you doing about this to make this to make this a better thing? Are you actually getting out there looking at these cops? Who's hiring the cops? What's the what's the practices? Who are they? Are you talking to them? You know, are your children familiar with who these cops are? Are they familiar with who your kids are? Are you actually doing something about this every day? Are you paying attention to the mayor who in most places the mayor is the boss of those cops, right? If if you if you live in a place that has a sheriff, then, you know, it's kind of the same thing, but you elect that sheriff. Yep. We but have to have, fix these things. Go ahead, Mike. I'll say you, you have to remember there are certain tactics in place that scares the people. And when you look at it from that standpoint now, it is easy for us to say, hey, get active in your government. But when we get all these other distractions taking place, that's when the real sessions actually happening.
Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also the barriers to entry that you have. I remember, let's bring it back to Maj when he was running for city council in Philadelphia. You know, he was running as a libertarian. One of the things that he pointed out is that just getting onto the ballot, if you're not one of the two major parties, you have to pay much more money and yeah. like and fees to get onto the ballot. Mm-hmm. So already there, maybe you don't want to be affiliated with either party. And you're and you're like you said, I care about the community. So this is my platform for this community. And it may not even be a political platform in the sense of what the two parties argue about. It may be our schools aren't doing well here or there's too many potholes in the road or these things are affecting this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And this is why. And and whatever Trump or, or Biden are talking about has nothing to do with what's going on in your community mm-hmm. or what what one party platform is. But if they make it so difficult that either you can't get on one platform or the other or you can't just run. I'm on the city platform just mm-hmm. to make this city better, you know, and I don't care about the other the other social garbage that's going on. Mm-hmm. They, they make it almost impossible. They do, because regardless, regardless of who it is, whether it's the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, it's like a mafia. Yeah. Or even the own yeah. parties. You might say, I, I, I want to run as a Republican or a Democrat. But with how the parties are nowadays, let's say that you're a Democrat trying to run pretty moderate. They're going to be like, no, you're not progressive enough, man. If you're not all for all this socialism stuff, like you're not going to be here. And you're like, well, man, what am I supposed to do? I don't necessarily consider myself a Republican, but I'm definitely not down with socialism. So what do I do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, same thing might happen on on the other side as well. Like, no, I'm not down with that. So it's like I thought I was part of this party, but now it's like I, I can't even fit in what, what the platforms are anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we have to figure out a way to decentralize these things. I know when yeah. I was looking at uh, one of the there's if you, if you search her, you're going to find a lot of stuff on her. And that interview that she did um, it, with that local uh, WJZ or whatever it was, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, basically she said that she's being funded by the people, people that are not even in Maryland, not even in Baltimore, people around the country. She did some kind of uh, like documentary thing. I think it was a year a year or so ago if you remember when trump had this whole fight with baltimore and he said like baltimore is just it's it's you know it's got rats all over the place and all that stuff yes it's because she 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 did a documentary about this and that kind of kicked that off so she has a lot of people supporting her and she's using those efforts to run a lot like what happened with mosh right yeah but the mm-hmm. thing is even if you do that you're going up against the establishment and the rules and they control stuff and they control the voting of how this is going to happen. It's a lot like the NRA. It's a lot like yeah. us trying to being activist members of the NRA and trying to get certain people in there. And the NRA is just laughing at us like, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. And then the first barrier to entry, obviously, is you got to don't you have to be in for five years to vote as like a regular member uh, that's a recent thing that's a recent thing that they made and then they and then they even recently tightened all of that up but this yeah, is so what people that, are going up against a bigger barrier to entry yeah to stop that yeah i think this is a kind of thing that in america we somehow have to fix this it's the fight that we're having right now about the post office that's really like a boondoggle right where they're like oh you know trump's trying to fix the election because they're pulling the post office boxes or the, all kinds of crap that they're talking about. The person who actually was responsible to start pulling all the po- the post office boxes was Obama, and it's not a conspiracy. 
They've got to they've got to redo the freaking boxes. <laughs> right. And the post office is a problem. The post office is massively mismanaged, right? <laughs> you know, so there's all these conspiracies going on. And then what, what's leaving us, you know, those of us here that as the, the, the people in America who want to make things better, who really do want things to be better, we're kind of stuck because we don't know how to get rid of these people. Yeah. We can't do it unless there's actually some kind of revolution well, that happens and, in America, and, and there's no guarantees when that happens. And the problem is the government bureaucracy, too. So even if you can get rid of the politicians, the people that actually write the laws, the lobbyists, um, people in government positions, you know, like the GS, you know, government government workers, people like that. My father used to be in the military, and he works in the, in the civilian side of the government now. And he talks about, you know, just the waste and how certain people don't care in the government. They're like, well, we, we, we're going to spend all this money and we really don't care. And he's like, it's taxpayer money. And they're like, yeah, we don't care. It's mm -hmm. basically free money. They, they don't care in the bureaucratic class. So it's not just the politicians, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that I don't know how, to, how you fix. And it goes with the social media companies too. Everybody always says, well, just start your own competitor. Facebook and Google have had so many years now where their lobbyists have been able to get laws implemented that makes it so hard for a smaller company to try to penetrate the market now that it's almost impossible. They set themselves up to win. Yeah. So you have a serious problem when that, that breaks everything that the founders ever wanted. When businesses and the government are colluding with one another, it destroys the functionality of a republic. Like it just doesn't work. I think even the founders would say, this is never what we envisioned when we wanted free market capitalism and a republic and a republican form of government, a federal republic. Like they were supposed to be separate and not interfere with one another, but now it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. It used to always be, well, we're afraid that the government is going to interfere with businesses, and that's socialism. Now it's almost reversed. It's the companies are trying to interfere with the government. Mm -hmm. So what what is that called? It's it's like a reverse socialism in a way, mm -hmm. because it's not the government it's doing it. It's, it's, a, it's a relationship. Yeah, it's a lot like in the music business um, and double dipping in the music business. Mm. So in other words, like a record label will sign you to a record deal where basically they own you for 99 albums or the rest of your life. And they get all that money and you would think, oh, well, OK, when I get out there and I perform on stage, you know, that's where I'll make money and they'll get the money from the record sales. But what they do is they own you. They own your management, too, when you sign that contract. And that's called that's literally called double dipping. They had to go in there and break it up. And then the companies just found other ways around that where they could put these where they could put that stuff in different buckets and get away from it. How did I'm not I'm not trying to say we've escaped that, but there are a lot of people today who have escaped that there's guys who can, who, hey, I like making music, I'm going to make whatever it is, country, hip-hop, whatever, I'm going to, you know, salsa, right, reggaeton, whatever. I know some people who've done this, that they've just decided I'm going to do this without record labels, I'm going to start a YouTube channel, be on SoundCloud, do my own social media, and those guys make money, and they get the money. They're, they're not famous, you don't necessarily know about them unless you're into that kind of music. But they're getting, they're selling their music and making money. They're putting it up on YouTube, and making money out of that. They're performing in places, maybe smaller venues, and making money out of it because, in a way, social media worked 
to decentralize that power that the record industry had in a lot of ways, the same way that it worked with YouTube and decentralizing everything away from television and the movies. Mm -hmm. So I think we, you know, for what we're talking about, something like that to me is the only solution. I don't know how we get that because which one, like Democrats, Republicans, neither one of them are going to say, yeah, let's decentralize all of this and make a better voting system so there's no cheating and make a, a completely different party system where people can support whatever parties they want. They're not going to uh, do it. I Go think the, um, the whole post office thing is a little bit deeper than what it looks like. Because, you know, mm -hmm. like when you talk to certain people, of course, when I first heard the whole post office scandal, that's what I call it. Mm -hmm. I think it, it was a way of like altering the votes in a sense of speaking, if they decide to go the route of voting because mm -hmm. of COVID. Mm -hmm. Upon just thinking about it and listening to further conversations, me personally, I think they're trying to privatize the postal service. Uh, yeah, I, I would think so. When you say they, are you think are you saying that like on the Trump side, Republican side, they're trying to privatize it? Dem like Democrat, uh, who do you, who do you think is trying to privatize it? I don't know what side is trying to privatize it, mm -hmm. but I'm thinking whoever has money and more influence, they're trying to go the route of privatizing the post office. And yeah, I mean, I know I know Obama has talked about the post office being privatized, and so is Trump. And at the mm -hmm. end of the day, maybe it needs to be. <laughs> it's inefficient. It's terrible. Who thinks the post office is awesome? I don't. No, it's. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I started hearing about this today that the U.S. Postal Service actually applied for a patent last year and now it's becoming public mm -hmm. that they're going to use blockchain, which if hmm. people don't know, that's what cryptocurrency runs off of. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to be highly encrypted, decentralized and things like that. So mm -hmm. I actually have an article about how some people were saying that this could be a game changer mm -hmm. and that now some people were trying to give trump credit like this is a 4d chess move i don't know anything about that mm -hmm. um but it would pretty much kind of go around i think the whole concept is that everybody would get their own kind of like cryptographic token so it would be associated with your identity or social security numbers the government has it so that would basically eliminate all voter fraud because you would only have that and you would have to answer it so once your token is used it would be like one vote for one person no matter what now obviously there could be a way that somebody gets your token, you lose your vote. Well, it could happen in the post office if, you know, there's 50 ballots in there and somebody takes them and changes them all. Mm -hmm. So this could be another way that they try to get around that or mm -hmm. do that. I'm not sure. This is interesting. So, yeah. But I think those things are more I think those things are more secure. By the way, Villain Trucker gave us five bucks. Thanks. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. And let me just ask everyone to smash the thumbs ups, OK? Um, you know, any, if everyone that's in here right now smashes the thumbs ups, I would be happy. If you know, mm -hmm. I, th I think there's a couple of people that hit the thumbs downs. That's fine. You know, you can do that also. I think these things are better. Who do you? I mean, we we tr we trust a lot of places more than than we trust the post office. You know, a lot of us are putting all our lives on cell phones, but I'm doing it on an iPhone, right? And other people are doing it on Android. You're trusting their encryption more than anything. Yep. Okay? So you're just, this is your vote. Now, I'm not saying it's not important, but there's already, <laughs> the technology we've been using for 100 years is already wide open like Swiss cheese. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> 
right? So why wouldn't you take a chance on this other technology that it, that exists out there, you know, um, to change this? So uh, I see Guns and Gear. Mike is out there. He says one of the reasons the USPS is broke is because they're one of the very few federal agencies that had to pre pay set aside money for pensions when most agencies don't have to due to that uh have you know due to with the pensions and everything um mm-hmm. uh and they're just unfounded liabilities he's saying okay yeah so i guess he's saying that most agencies don't have to do that but the post office has to so that's interesting i didn't know that i didn't know that about uh I didn't realize, yeah, because that's what that's what I thought this shell game was with a lot of these companies. So so they have this money, but they can't touch it, I think, is what Mike is saying. Right. Mm. Is that because it's a federal? Let me see. Most he says most departments slash agencies will be broke if they had to do that. Yeah, that's true. That's what a lot of them are doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Social Security is doing. (laughs) Yep. You know, that's what the teachers' pensions are doing. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure so, out. I didn't know. I didn't know that the post office had to set that money aside. So it's in a lockbox. Hmm. Well, I mean, well, you got to think about it too. If it's um, somebody actually, because they got to pay out to a certain mm-hmm. like entity, mm-hmm. so you can't mm-hmm. receive it at a later date and time. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, that's not like a credit type thing going so on. So then, anymore. so then, if people are afraid of the post office failing, it could actually fail. It could just be shut down then, because at least the people who work there, their pensions are safe. Right. Right. Yep. So, yep. <laughs> because I think that <laughs> maybe we need to we need to do this in a completely different way. You know, I'm interested. So, what does Guns and Gear? What do you think about this? Do you think the post office should be? privatized go away altogether let, let me know what you think about that i'm interested in seeing but yeah i didn't know that i didn't know that they had to lock that money away that money is probably massive well so security money is massive until they started borrowing from it and then yeah honestly the reason why they want to get rid of it now is because if you don't get rid of it and they start doing an investigation and they start digging back well who took the money and didn't replace it mm-hmm. and then and you know, people start getting um, in trouble, jail time, and all this other stuff mm-hmm. takes away. Yeah, at some point, the Social Security is like a big, massive Ponzi scheme. And at some point, the thing about the Ponzi schemes is, at some point, you have to pay someone that you cannot pay, and you're gonna have to go. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any it money to apart. pay you. Yeah, you know. Um, so Vanessa Kitty says, just like Social Security, we pay and pay to gain benefits in the future. Those obligations to have uh, those are obligations to our future payments. Um, yeah, that's you know. I, I um, also heard that part of the reason that the post office was getting dominated is because I, I don't know if Mike if Mike has heard about this too mm-hmm. because it seems he knows it seems like he knows a little bit more about the internal functioning. Is I think they gave a sweetheart deal with Amazon Prime as far as shipping, and they mm-hmm. were getting destroyed up the nose. Hmm. Um, through that because the rate that they agreed to is just so much less than what it would have been normally. But look at what Amazon did, man. Amazon's air air fleet. Oh, yeah. They're they're trying to cut USPS out. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they scorched – that they saved so much money by going with the USPS that they were able to create their own competitor. No. That could be it too. 
Yeah. <laughs> so Mike says this. He says, What's this, what is distinctive about the USPS is that as a result of the 2006 Postal Accountability and Enhance, Enhancement Act, which is PAEA, they are also required to pre-fund their retiree medical promises. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike with the Mike, Mike actually is into this stuff. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he says, however, what is also distinctive is that any private sector company may simply cancel its right retiree medical benefits at any time. Um, and then he says the funding requirements for the USPS exists because only an act of Congress would enable them to cut these benefits. Wow. Yeah. Um, he says, quote from a recent Forbes article, um, he said, but I remember when it happened as my mom was a postal worker when it happened. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure he deep dived into that. Um, yeah. By the way, Mike, Mike is one of those people, man, that can make a lot more money. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, from doing other things, uh, the brain or whatever. Don't let that bald head and the beard fool you. <laughs> you know, yeah, this is uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. I don't know what's going to happen there, man. I feel if you ask me if I had to bet, I would bet that they would keep this. They're going to keep this post office somehow moving forever. Oh, yeah. You know that somewhere, no matter what, they're going to keep this whole thing moving forever, because the big thing about that, that's a big chunk of money that someone is running. OK, um, I wonder exactly how big it is and if it's the kind of money that can control, like crash the stock market type money. Um, he says the USPS is one of the enumerated powers in the Constitution. That's why it takes congressional action. Yeah, that I that I've heard about. Yeah. So pretty powerful. And you know what's funny about the post office? They have tactical units. I don't know if people really realize that. <laughs> I've well, met I've met dudes in their tactical units, huh? I knew they was buying up a lot of ammo. Um, they have their they have their own tactical units, yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I, I, I remember talking to one guy in in their tactical unit, and it was something he was complaining to me that he said they can't have. I can't remember if it was machine guns or suppressors. So they can have one of those, but they can't have the other one. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second, exactly what department? He was like, yeah, I'm in a tactical unit for the post office. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know i saw him at shot show so um mike probably knows uh something about what kind of but yes post office ha you know there's a lot of government agencies now that have tactical units but this leads me to think that like any government agency that has that kind of money okay any a mm. government agency that has that kind of money yeah I'm just going to leave it there. They have yeah, to be yeah. really, 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 really powerful. Yeah. Well, you also got to remember the fall of the government. You want to keep certain things still active, even though the fall is happening. And in the case of the rebound, mm -hmm. it's not like reinventing the wheel. It's, everything mm -hmm. is still kind of in place. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, isn't there something, I think it's called Presidential Initiative 51, where they developed it, I believe it was initially after September 11th, that it ultimately allows that if there is a huge emergency anywhere in the world that threatens the con continuity of the U.S. government, that essentially the executive branch would be able to take over. I don't see how this is constitutional, but you guys can look it up. I can 
like a video that uh, an independent journalist did on it. And they would almost create a liaison between Congress, the three branches of government, but they would act almost on a smaller level than they do now in case of a crisis. So uh, nothing would surprise me. <laughs> um, I know there's some books. There's some books that allude to that kind of stuff, like uh, Angry American. If you read his series, uh, what is it? The Going Home series, I believe it's called. He talks about the post office because his those books talk about a, a apocalyptic event that happens. I think like an EMP shuts everything down in America, and one of the things he talks about in there is that the post office, it, you know, easily becomes uh, like some kind of force. Right in there. And if you think about it, you're talking about something that's everywhere in America and it has offices and headquarters and stuff like that everywhere. You know, um, so, yeah, who, you know, uh, who, who knows what's going on with that? Huh? Scary thoughts. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, crazy things like that uh, going on out there in the world that, um, you know we don't necessarily think about. You know? Well, we don't know about. That's yeah. pretty much what it's down to. Like, I didn't know the postal unit had a tactical unit. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, um, when you're dealing with um, the money reserve, you know, I'm pretty sure they got something like that yeah. as well. But-, but think about how big that is. That is a nationwide... That's got... They've got... If, if, they're, not every, if they're not in every state, they have to be able to respond to every state. Right. Think about that. Like, what's their, you know, what's their jurisdiction? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. What would their jurisdiction be? They would have to be able to respond everywhere just because it's like it's a federal agency, you know, and there's there's things going on um, everywhere. What's this document that you sent me here? This is this is why I was talking about the NSPD 51. This directly establishes a comprehensive national policy on the continuity of federal government structures and operations and a single national continuity coordinator responsible for coordinating the development and implementation of federal continuity policies. So they would choose one person that basically would coordinate all the continuity of government uh, between the three branches in case Mm -hmm. of an emergency. So this goes much deeper into the specifics, but if anybody's interested, they can check that out. Yeah. And then... uh, Maybe it'll make them le- even more unhappy with the way things are. <laughs> yeah, Vanessa Kitty says Postal Service has police as well, which is true. Um, yep. You know, uh, you know, Len Holt says his dad used to work on the postal cars on trains. That's when they traveled between cities, and he was armed. Um, Armin and Axis says, "Why does the USPS need a tactical unit?" <laughs> well, wasn't there um, that saying back in the day that if? Um, because mail was obviously so much more important uh, back mm-hmm. in the day before, you know, we had Internet and, and telephones mm-hmm. that if there was an intersection and you had like an ambulance, a police car and a postal car, which one is the one that gets the right of way? And they'd say the Postal Service gets the right of way in that mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, because the, the mail has to go through in case they're, you know, a time of war, something, a tactical order or something needs to go through something strategic. Mm-hmm. The Postal Service needed to make sure that. It could uh, send those things out. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I think that are going on. I know when I looked at that interview with Joe Rogan and, um, oh, man, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the name of the WikiLeaks guy? Uh, Assange? 
or was it um, no not not a snowden. snowden not yeah mm-hmm. snowden when i was looking at that thing with snowden you know he was just talking about like we don't actually have the constitution in america we just don't realize it most of us just don't realize it you know technically it doesn't exist all the things happening if you look at that um shadow a shadow gate uh, thing documentary that's out there and you look at what those guys are doing they were literally so everything that goes on social media and your phones and all that kind of stuff there's a massive data dump that they are they're backing up all this data to servers that aren't even um, in America mm-hmm. right and once they have this data they can uh, write all kinds of algorithm to figure out to figure out things about people and investigate people and pull up things of people and it's not technically they don't have to follow the law because that thing's not even really in America. And we're not even aware that all of that kind of information is out there um, all the time. So we just don't we just don't realize this. We're just functioning like this. And at some point, it's going to probably come to a head. Right. It just well, depends I mean, this, on how long we know that the CIA has always done things like that, where they'll send. Well, you know, the U.S. doesn't torture anybody, but this other country might. So let's send them over there. They can torture them and then they can give us the information back Mm -hmm. if if things happen like that. And every country's done things like that. That's not just to say that that we've done that. Other countries have done even worse. It's just whoever's in power, if they can get away with something, they'll do it. Yeah, it's It's interesting to look at that. I mean, that's something I'd like to talk about guns and gear about. I don't know if you'll talk about it, to be honest with you. But Mm -hmm. when I was looking at that thing, it was talking about all these generals – you know, who were working for the for the military. And then when they got out of the military, they went and, you know, so they were doing top secret stuff, having access to all this data, and they figured out how to weaponize social media and all this data to fight wars. And then they got out and they went into the private sector and started companies doing the same thing. <laughs> you know, and there basically isn't any oversight of that. And we're, and we're talking about people like that. This is Republicans and Democrats. Well, when you see there was a few years ago that I think she used to be in the Air Force. I think she worked for the Air Force chief of staff. Mm-hmm. And I forgot where her name was. She started there. Boeing was Boeing and Airbus were competing for the fuel tanker, mm-hmm. next generation fuel tanker contract. And I think when she retired, she started working for Boeing and she basically gave them all the information that the competitor had so that they could beat out, beat them out on the contract. And I think she got arrested for it. Mm-hmm. So if it's happening for something that mundane where it's like, well, it's millions of dollars, but it's not necessarily mm-hmm. something so nefarious. It's a fuel tanker. Then when it's something that really matters, you know, that mm-hmm. the stakes are higher, I wouldn't doubt it at all. Yeah. Kermit loves bacon. Wants to know if I watched the whole shadow gate thing. Yes, I did. Oh. There's a lot of data. I think, you know, my thing is, I think it's worth everyone out there watching it. Am I going to put it in the category of 100% documentary? No. Right? But it's worth it for everyone to watch because in an hour and a half, it puts a lot of things together. You know? So you are already going to have some information. And then when you look at that thing and you're thinking, if half of this is reality, I'm at, we're in big trouble. But it, but you know it if you listen to it you're like okay I don't know did you did you get you didn't get a chance to watch it Rolando and then no Mike no I, I only just heard I, I only just heard about it this morning so I haven't gotten yeah. to see it yet yeah so I think that's the thing that we really it, we really need to realize and one of the funny things to me so my uh, my brother has been doing IT stuff for a long time um, 
And he's been telling me since like the 80s, he's like, you don't have any idea, you know, he's like a coder, all that kind of stuff. He's like, you don't have any idea of what people can do. I remember him telling me in the 80s that they could track license plates and stuff like that. I was like, that's BS. That's in a movie. There's no way that's possible. He's like, yeah, they can. You know, so today we all accept that. So just think about it. When someone's telling you that today, hey, because of social media, these people can literally control your moods. They can push you in a direction and set you off and they can create problems anywhere that they want to. And you're like, oh, no, there's no way that they can control what people are getting in their feed and what they're hearing about and all this kind of stuff. And they know what buttons to push on people. Yes, they do. Well, we don't get to see the algorithm because that's that's intellectual property. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> of course, they can do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, Kermit Loves Bacon says you got to watch out for the shady dude who texted you that video. Okay. I'm, I'm, yes, that was him. That was him. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is the thing. And Dan Davis says that, that Air, uh, Air Force tanker contract was worth billions. Look, it's already happening. We already know this is not some like weird, crazy stuff of... You know, like if you look at the Fast and the Furious, the last movie they did, they could just magically control everyone's car. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, that's not that, that's impossible. Now, that's halfway true. If you've got a Tesla or something like that or um, any, you know, a lot of the modern drive by wire cars, it's possible. Right. They have to have a way to communicate with that with that thing and kick that off to do it. But it seems like they've. Yeah, I think they've said that in almost any car that has a certain ECU, they can at least engage the brakes. Mm -hmm. So on a lot of more modern cars, so it's not just self-driving. Mm -hmm. So if you can get a car to control the brakes or the accelerator, that's all you need. You don't need yeah. the steering. And well, so a lot of damage with that. Yeah, I had an RS5 recently. Um, that thing you can would, take people out. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, I had a, an Audi RS5. It would break on its own. It, mm -hmm. it had a collision detection thing. And yep. it did it to me one day I was driving and it predicted that I was going to crash. But I already saw what was happening and it was hitting brakes and doing all kinds of stuff. Yep. <laughs> Is that the one you want to let me drive? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I had that. I had that for like maybe a couple of months. I don't know. If, I don't know. If, I don't know if you even saw it. But, yeah, it was, you know, close to the latest technology that Audi's putting out there. And lots of companies are doing it where because I said to them, how do I shut this crap off? And they're like, yeah, you can't. That's. <laughs> that doesn't work. That doesn't work like that, you know. So that's why I actually kind of like, I'm I'm shifting back where I'm more into the analog, older stuff now. I I have only ever dri driven stick shifts, mm -hmm. and as long as I can get away with it, I will always drive a stick shift. Yeah, yeah. And and now it it puts me now it's it's like well, nowadays you can't get the fastest cars because you know, automatic is always going to be faster than the stick now mm -hmm. so it's not even the option it's so much it was so difficult to find my car and stick uh at the time that i was yeah. like this is getting ridiculous they're more because the automatics are more fuel efficient i know we're running out mm -hmm. of time i don't know if uh, like mike i don't know if you have to like a heart you have a heart out that you have to go um, no, no, I'm good. but uh yeah the 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 nowadays with cars man it's just it's all about efficiency and you know, those cars have to, like, be able to shut themselves off and all, all that kind of stuff. That's just what we're dealing with. Um, on the car note, have you guys, who's into pickup trucks? Oh, yeah. 
Okay, right okay, you're into pickup trucks. Did you guys see the Ram TRX? You guys, anyone seen this? Uh, no. No, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so Ram <laughs> is coming out with the... I think they're coming. You can order it right now. It's the Ram TRX. It's going to be their Raptor killer. Yeah, so basically here, let me see. I'm going to try to... Oh, uh, good. Oh, yeah, I'm going to pull good. this up to, to show you guys here. So the Ram T TRX, 700 horsepower. It has the... Uh, Basically, the Hellcat motor with the supercharger. Wow. So it's going to be a 700 horsepower pickup truck. Six, I think 650 pound, uh, foot-pounds of torque. Yep. <laughs> didn't, Dodge, didn't Dodge do that same thing with the Viper engine a couple years ago? Like, well, not even a couple years ago. I want to say that was, that was back in 2006, 2008 time frame. Um, the, yeah, there was a pickup truck. What was that pickup? Was it? Yeah, there was a... There was a pickup truck, the yes. Was it? Yeah, they took the Viper engine and put oh, it in. No, no, no. It was after the Lightning. The Lightning was back in the yeah, yeah. 90s, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The Lightning was back in the 90s. This is going to be the most powerful pickup truck in the world. Built, <laughs> built in a factory when it comes out. Um, it's going to be, it's actually, technically, it's going to be um, all-wheel drive all the time. Or 4x4 four mm. four all the time. Because there's so much power. If you yeah. think about it, 700 horsepower. Yeah, this is almost on a different level. This is like on a level above the Raptor at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ford is... Too this horsepower, too. That's too hot. Sitting up too hot for all that horsepower. Yeah, well, so Ford is going to... This is going to kick off a war right here. For You know, the Raptor is going <laughs> to... Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> what well, is... look, look, look at the that they're already having because of the Bronco. The Bronco on paper looks like it's going to be better than the Jeep Wrangler. Uh, so I think we'll so. See what happens. The Bronco, yeah. it's definitely going to be better than the um, than the the Range Rover Defender that's coming out. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it is. I think in a lot of ways, going to probably be better than the Wrangler. It's all going to come down to what kind of uh, room it has in there. But man, that's it. The problem, the problem with this, I think, is that it's going to start out at about seventy thousand dollars before. Yeah, you... Raptor's like fifty-eight, I think, fifty-nine. Yeah, and the Raptor's about five hundred horsepower, I think. Four hundred and something. I think. I think. Yeah, I think there's a Raptor that can go up to. So this is so probably Ford is going to come out with you know something else, but um, I, I think it's going to come down to like, what guy are you? Are you a Ford guy? Are you a Ram guy? Are you a Chevy guy? I know, Mike, you said that you only drive pickups, right? Yeah, I only drive Fords. Oh, you're only a Ford guy. Oh. Yeah. So would you consider looking at this Rebel, which, by the way, look, I mean, it's it's not a Rebel. It's the TRX, but it's built off of a Rebel, which I have a Rebel, right, which is a good-looking car. What do you think about this, Mike? Would you would you drop being a Ford guy, or is that, sacri is that sacrilege? <laughs> That's sacrilege right there. I think my dad would actually turn over in his grave if I was actually purchasing. But are you tempted? Are you tempted? No, not really, because I'm not. I'm not into material stuff like that. Okay. I look at it more like what I got gets me from point A to point B. I'm happy with it. You know what I'm saying? So, but I'm not gonna go out and just buy the latest and greatest because. You know, um, actually, I would take that money and that I would actually buy a new vehicle and I'll mm -hmm. go ahead and invest in training mm -hmm. um, better for competition shooting or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so Dan, Dan hates you said IFS is not better than solid axle. Leo P 30 SK says the Bronco will never be better than the Jeep <laughs> because it's IFS. That's true. Uh, what is, what is IFS stand for exactly? Uh, I think you mean independent front suspension. Okay. There you go. Solid axle. Yeah. Uh, Len Holt says, Hey, that TRX will be really sweet with a bed full of sand for traction. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, listen, you know what I think? Oh, uh, Brick says, watch your mouth, Pistolero, since 1941, Jeep man. <laughs> <laughs> and Leo, Leo says Jeep all day. Uh, and Walmart deal says Cybertruck, cool or lame. I say cool, grew on me. Here's what I will tell you guys. I'm not going to. So I have a Rebel. I have a 2017 Ram Rebel, mm-hmm. which I like. It's, you know, V8, all that kind of stuff. I enjoy it. Um, I would not buy this immediately. Maybe I would buy this a couple of years from now used, the TRX, if I was going to do something like that. But I would rather get something like this. I'm still on the Cybertruck. This is not cooler than the Cybertruck to me. I thought you had a Suzuki Samurai. I do. I do. I have a Suzuki <laughs> Samurai. Yeah. That's a, completely, that's a completely different thing. Lola drives the Rebel all the time. That's Lola's daily driver, the Rebel. Um, And then we use it as like a family vehicle or when we're going somewhere that we know we're going to be off road, we use that. Oh, when is the delivery or suspected time frame for the Tesla truck? Uh, We don't know yet. I think we've got at least a year. I don't think there's any set date on that. Mm -hmm. I think we're looking probably by the end of this year, we're going to know better. I don't think right now, someone will probably tell me out there. I don't think right now that's settled. And I wouldn't buy any other Tesla. Like, I don't think, I think Tesla has cool technology. It's like a phone, but I don't think they're sexy at all. I don't think those, I don't think Teslas are, they're good looking cars, but they're not like sexy. So to me, I'm so much of a car guy. It's got to be that look back when I get out of there. I got to be proud of that look back. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or like when I'm walking up to my car. So I don't find Teslas like that. The Cybertruck is just so crazy. I'm like, oh, that's me all day, right there. Mm-hmm. I might put like a, I might put like a mohawk on top of that side, that uh, Cybertruck, you know, and drive that around. So it just, it's just, and it's not, it's not, <laughs> it, it's, it's like a brute looking thing, right? It's like from when we were kids looking at movies about the future. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I like about it, and I, and this is cool. But I think in this case, I agree. And even to what we were saying before, I agree more with Mike. I would rather wait for this to become used because 70, if it's starting at 70,000, we're looking at like, <laughs> that's, that's going to approach a hundred. That's going to be at least 90. Oh yeah. yeah. So I'm going to wait a couple of years until that gets you. It's just like right now, man, you can get, so if you like Ford, the Raptors, like the V8 ones, those are those are getting the prices are getting really good on those. Right. You know, so I'm seeing really, and those sound, even though the V6 uh, twin turbo Raptor that's out there right now, it, it's cool and everything, and I think it has more horsepower. Man, V8 sound good. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, do. so uh, Walmart deal says Cybertruck is sexy and bulletproof. <laughs> um, and then Dan hates you said Hank needs a 1997 Honda Accord with no AC and the windows won't roll down. I've had a couple of Hondas, you know, I had a Honda S2000. I had a Honda Prelude. 
I'm yeah, trying to fix up that. my um, expedition. I want to get it back to its original state or close to it as possible. Oh, okay. What year is it? 2000. 2000? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Does it uh, does it have a lot of miles? No, it doesn't have a lot of miles. It's set for mm-hmm. majority of the time because mm-hmm. when I actually bought the truck, um, I'm thinking of it like it was a truck and I had mm-hmm. a motorcycle trailer and mm-hmm. I would always haul my motorcycle around with me everywhere. Mm-hmm. But it was um it was an Eddie Bauer edition, but the transmission uh, wasn't for pulling. Okay. You know, so I ended up burning out the transmission, mm-hmm. so it sat for a long time. And then um when I actually got settled back in the States, I started sending my uncle money to um fix it up. Mm-hmm. Um he fixed it up, then he stopped um fixing it because I stopped sending the money, of course. And <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that got, works. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> so then um I turned around and then um I would go and I would start working on it a little bit at a time and then I got it up just enough to get it running. Mm-hmm. And then um I was like, okay, I, I can take it from here. So right now I still have a little bit of issues, but it's more cosmetic mm-hmm. damage than anything. Yeah. But, Those Eddie Bowers had like a nice leather package, right? If I'm not mistaken. Man, now I can yeah. tell you the leather in my truck, it is still holding up really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no it better be if it was Eddie Bauer. Yeah, I was like, holy cow, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the only seat that has a real problem is the driver's seat. And you know, because that's the one seat that's always getting used the most in the vehicle mm-hmm. but it also has like the, the cracks and everything yeah. but it's still not really well though yeah you could rehab that um is it yeah. four by four no 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 four by two. Oh, okay see you, you gotta get a four by four man nah. you gotta get a four by four my suzuki <laughs> samurai is a four by four i'm just saying no lord <laughs> but you said it doesn't have power steering so. <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. That's true, and it's about sixty horsepower. Your Eddie Bowers yeah. probably lost sixty horsepower since two thousand. Man, every time I'm at the, at the light, I still drive it like every uh, other day or so. Um, but when I'm at a light giving it gas, man, it's like it coughs before it takes off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might have to do an engine swap or okay. something. Yeah, engine swap or something like that. Into that, do you do you have a pickup truck, Rolando? No, I, I drive a, I drive a Mustang. I would love okay. to have a pickup truck after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know what I would get. I'm I'm also into, I'm into vans. I, I would totally dig the van life if I could do that. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> that's it's a cool idea. <laughs> Reality, I don't know. <laughs> so much. I, I, I I could definitely do it. I don't think Joe would like it, but I I would mm-hmm. definitely be down with that. Yeah, I would do the van life for driving around the country and mm-hmm. uh, making videos. Yeah, That'd be like awesome. what Talon what Talon Sai is doing right now. Like, oh, that, is that what he's, he's up to? Yeah, he's. Oh, he's I, I think he's trying to hit up like every state. Mm-hmm. So he was hanging out with Co Leone. So mm-hmm. he went through Texas. He was with Demo Ranch, mm-hmm. and he's just going to different, like, uh, pretty much different, uh, either gun related folks or businesses, or just going to like state parks and showing mm-hmm. it off. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would his do band that. Is pretty sweet. I would love to do it. Yeah, I would do it in a heartbeat. Lola wouldn't do it, and she says I probably wouldn't really like. I'm probably more in love with the romance of living. <laughs> I, I drive so much. For, I drive so much for a living, and I have over the years that I really love being on the yeah. road. So if yeah. if you gave me an even more comfortable way to be on the road, I would yeah. I would be totally down with that. I think I could do it. I used to have one of those mm-hmm. big passenger vans. If anyone goes back and looks at my old videos. 
you'll see me. I remember I did a video with Mac at like uh, in Kentucky at the bullpup shoot. Someone said I didn't mm-hmm. mention bullpups. Boom. <laughs> there you go. And uh, I had my big, it was a big passenger van that I had. And in the back, you could like drop all the seats down. It was a big bed. You know, the boys had like little captain's chairs behind us and they had their own TV and VCR and all that kind of stuff in there. It was fun. We drove all over the country in that thing. So the only thing it was missing is four before. So yep. if I had it to do all over again, I would have to get four by four in there. Okay, so listen, we've gone way over the nine o'clock hour here. I'm going to cut all this off. I'm going to give everyone uh, a chance here to tell us to tell the folks how they can get in touch with them. I will start with Mike. Mike, how can the people catch up to you, catch your matches, and then also catch your appearance at that Chippendales in uh, in Daytona? How can they? Because I know that some ladies were curious about that. That's why. I'm... Yeah, like I said, come on down to um, USPSA and catch the, um, the show. That's going to be in effect. <laughs> but please um, go to Facebook, follow me at M-W Tactical on YouTube. Follow mm-hmm. me at M-W Tactical and Instagram at Munitions Weapons Tactical. So between Instagram and Facebook, I post um, all my matches, but I don't do it as one video. So I'll just post each stage every, like so many times in a week. Mm-hmm. So you just uh, what's going on. Okay. So if and if people were interested in getting into competition shooting, do you like give people tips or anything like that? Yeah, I'll help you out. Um, I'll point you in the right direction if you live like within two hours of me or you're willing to come to me, like I can take you out to the range and I can show you what to expect, break down the rules a little bit from a beginner standpoint to get you comfortable with the movements and what you got to do to stay safe so you don't get DQ'd. But if um, somebody lives like out in Texas and they want to talk about it or whatever, um, I'll give you my insight and then I can refer you to somebody who I might know who lives in that area or close by Mm. that can help out with the one-on-one personal um, training. Okay. I'll de- I'll, I would definitely talk to you about that because I was before COVID, I was about to start getting into that, but obviously that kind of don't let COVID back. stop you. Mike didn't let it. <laughs> well, it's more getting, it's more getting the ammo because obviously <laughs> I don't reload. So at this point, it's like I can't, I, I wouldn't have enough ammo to start competing and it would be cost yeah. prohibitive. But yeah. I was getting into shooting steel and all that stuff. That's what I got yeah. into first. And yeah. they did USPSA and IDPA at the, at, in the pistol club that I was a part of. So that's naturally how everybody seemed to start. They started shooting steel, and then they would go to USPSA and three-gun okay. after they get comfortable. All right. So. All right. Very cool. So, Rolando, how can the folks out there, you know, what can, how can they support you? Where can they go? What can they watch? How can they communicate best, with you? Best, if you want to watch us, like we said, we have uh, Locked and Loaded Latinos. It's an ampersand uh, in the and, not, not spelled out. Uh, on our YouTube channel, my wife and I do a podcast every uh, every week, every Sunday at 7 p.m. You can follow me on all the major social media platforms at Puerto Rican Pistolero. And uh, I believe Latina Locked and Loaded is going to be on with you tomorrow night. Yes. She? So, yes. So if you want to get so, more tomorrow. of the... Yeah. Yeah, more of the Latinos action. Feel free to check yes, her out. Yes, absolutely. And you guys had was it Gun Talk Radio that you had? Who was that you had? On? Yes, uh, okay. Joe. Joe was on Gun Talk Radio. Uh, with uh, Cheryl Todd uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that episode just came out. Oh, okay. Uh, this week. 
Very nice, very nice. Okay, so I just want you make sure you guys go out there, follow, support these guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. If you're still in here, smash the thumbs ups, okay? We appreciate that. Big shout out to Walther Arms for sponsoring us. I'm going to hit, you guys stay right there. I'm going to, wait, I just pressed the wrong button. Welcome wrong back thing. To uh, Hank Stream. That's how terrible I am. Let me press the end <laughs> thing. There you go. All right. <laughs> Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. We're going to rip the audio out of this and put it up on iTunes and other places that you guys listen to your audio podcasts. Of course, go to Hank Strange and sign up for our email list. Thanks so much. Mike Dash MW M Dash W Dash Tactical. Make sure you check him out. Puerto Rican Dash Pistolero. (laughs) Also on here. Thanks, everyone. Uh, Good night. Who wants the last word? Drink water, stay hydrated, and be good. Absolutely. We're out of here. Peace. Sounds good.